Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Welcome to the year-end edition of the NLN Sportscast. It's the final episode of 2021. And Bronson, Allman, and myself are here for another action-packed hour or two of sports talk. And Bronson, it's getting to the end of the year. We have a lot of fun stuff to you know, tie a bow on and recap and talk a little bit of NFL as we've been doing the last uh, several episodes as we kind of check out the scores and standings. We'll be talking about the bowl season and the big one coming up for Pitt on Thursday night, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Um, we'll get some hockey talk in as we've been doing also, uh, for the last month or so chronicling the NHL, uh, and the penguins as they've kind of paused for the holiday break and a little extended break with, uh, COVID protocols really ramping up. Um, hopefully the NHL gets back underway this week. We have the world junior championship, um, which Bronson and I both like to follow, uh, the stars of tomorrow, uh, wearing their, you know, playing for their country. And playing for gold last year's tournament, um, super exciting with the USA back this year to, to, to defend that crown. Um, some local interest in that tournament as well with a, a local player involved for Team USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bronson and I will just have some fun looking looking ahead to the new year. Maybe some, some sports resolutions or sports predictions. Maybe we'll kind of, even though we've done it kind of preseason, maybe we'll give our who we see winning each championship as those will be crowned in the spring and summer and, and, and the four major leagues and, and just, uh, yeah, we'll just talk about ev- anything and everything we, we want to today. It might not be a super long episode cause there hasn't been a lot going on per se, but, uh, Bronson excited to have you back and get to, together again for a show. We squeezed one in before the new year, uh, in between the holidays here, um, we're getting together on the 26th of December. Um, so hopefully everybody had a nice Christmas Eve, Christmas with family and friends, and now we're going to give you a little extra helping of some sports talk. So, uh, Bronson, I'll let you jump in here and just let yeah. you explain what you've been doing and how your holiday was. And I know mine was really great with, uh, with all the families and, and different, uh, get together. So excited to get back with you for another episode. Yeah. I thought maybe we can try to get something going in before Christmas, but the holidays but uh you know just it just wasn't you know time-wise feasible considering our schedules and what we're looking to get done so it's cool to get with you a day after christmas and catch up and get things going and you know uh and the end 2021 off right and and uh no everything was good just um kind of disappointed really kind of not get much nhl hockey during this time i know they usually take a couple days off but Thought maybe we'd get a game like tonight or something or things like that, but obviously with COVID kind of delaying that, um, that's a little bit of an obstacle. I had not got a chance to watch the World Juniors as much, and they are on the NHL Network, but I've been kind of out and about and doing some stuff, trying to, you know, I have a couple of days off at work here, so I'm trying to just get, get what I need to get done done, and, and then uh, probably just, you know, watch the rest of that World Juniors, you know, as we go along here. And today was NFL Sunday, so I was glued to the red zone. Um, trying to catch up, you know, I knew we probably would record tonight, so um, I was pretty dialed in almost every game that was on, so I'm looking forward to getting into that as sort, you know, as soon as we could, but hope you had a good Christmas, Frank, hope all our listeners had a good Christmas, or Hanukkah, or or, you know, Ramadan, or Kwanzaa, whatever, whatever it is you're, you're celebrating, um, 
I hope you guys uh, had a tr- tremendous holiday. Uh, hopefully you're safe and hopefully you know, all your family's safe. You know, wish wish we had some music, you know, Christmas music to play. Frank, you know, I'm a big Christmas music guy. You know, you know, little Michael Bublé, you know. <laughs> you know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> I wish I, could, I had his voice. I know. He's, he's one, of the, one of the greats. But, one of the um, best. But uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to, get, to talk a little about sports. And thank goodness the NFL was playing today. I don't know what we'd be talking about. You know, no hockey going on. I guess uh, there, you know, Christmas Day is always a big NBA uh, yeah. matchup. That's kind of like Tony Kornheiser was saying the other day. That's the, the really the official NBA season opens on Christmas Day because you have to usually have one or two very um, huge matchups. Uh, but no, just. Uh, Kind of just enjoying the holiday, kind of taking maybe you know the very take a little bit of a break from sports to be around family and friends, and um, kind of some kind of hazy today, other, other than being refreshed from you know from watching NFL games. So, ready to jump into it, Frankie, and uh, I guess I won't delay it any further and, and uh, hand it over to you to get, get us started on the NFL recap. Thanks, Bronson. Good to hear you're doing well and had a good holiday. Uh, I will actually, you've been saying last couple of weeks you you, you leaned on me for some for some football talk i might lean on you today because i i didn't see any of the action well i was watching i was at a family thing today and they had uh ravens bengals on so i can comment on that one and that was one of the you know more eye-opening results of the day but um you you had red zone on and watched watched most of them i i watched pittsburgh kansas city of course that uh dumpster fire that (laughs) took place so i can i can start off with those two and then and then toss it to you for you know, a skate or not a skate around, but a trip around the the rest of the league. Um, yeah, I didn't, one o'clock. Go ahead. I didn't. I didn't. I watched a little bit of the Browns Packers. Um, oh yeah, the yesterday games. That's true. I yeah, watched the Christmas Browns. games. I I did not watch much of the Cardinals Colts game. Uh, but uh, as it goes, today's games, I was I was pretty dialed in. So. Yeah, I did actually. I forgot about that. There now there wasn't was there a Thursday game? I don't believe. Yes, the uh, oh yeah, the Titans and Niners. Titans and Niners. Um, yeah, can't can't comment. I know the Niners led a lot of that game early, um, but uh, yeah, Titans stormed back and I think won it at at the buzzer with a field goal. So they they kind of bounce back from the the loss to the Steelers and stay atop of that uh, um, and AFC South. And it's a good thing because the Colts went out out to the desert and. Another home loss for the Cardinals, kind of stunning. I believe they are two and five at home this year. I want to say maybe all. Yeah, they've all, not been very good at home. Or two and four or three and four, pretty subpar, sub five hundred at home. Um, so the Colts, um, you know, get themselves right in the AFC South talk. Definitely solidify their wild card position. Um, Carson Wentz is healthy. That team's healthy. Jonathan Taylor is looking like an MVP candidate, uh, leading the league in rushing. I think fifteen hundred some yards. Um, he broke a couple big ones in that game. Uh, the uh, the running back out of Wisconsin, great college running backs, translated uh, to the pros, number one back there in Indy. Um, controversy in the Green Bay-Cleveland game. Cleveland was in this game, um, fought back, had the ball late, uh, needing just a field goal to win it. Um, fourth down, blatant defensive holding call missed uh, Bronson yeah. Lott. I mean, he just had them all draped. And this is something that I said. I turned to my dad because I was over my parents. And it was like, the, re- the, the, the defender has white gloves um, and, and the receiver has a white jersey. That really benefits a defender. And they can get away with, with, with some, some tugging and grabbing because it's hard to see. 
I think, and I don't know, I think I might be one of the only people to ever talk about this or mention it. Like, it's never mentioned by Gene Steratore or, you know, anybody in the booth. Mike Pereira. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I believe, <laughs> I think that the NFL should mandate home teams where colored gloves you know either black or you know green if you're the packers um, gold if you're the steelers purple if you're the vikings i think white gloves should be outlawed um for home teams because offensive linemen can get away with it um defensive holding you can get away with it white on white um and on the other hand you would have to ban like um you you would have to ban like the the road team from wearing the same color like Say you have the Vikings. The road team couldn't wear a colored. They'd have to wear the white gloves or something like yeah. that. They'd have to, yeah. Because if you have like the Vikings playing the Ravens, um, and the Vikings wear purple gloves on purple the pur- on purple, a uh, purple on purple. So, I think it's something that, that should be talked about. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's why the call was missed. It was hard to see. You're getting. You're really getting next level on us, yeah, my friend. Next level nerd, I know, but I. That's my theory. Is that sometimes it's missed because of the glove color. Um, but yeah, it would have been first and ten because that's an automatic first down from about the Packer forty, um, maybe ten, fifteen more yards, um, and they would have been in field goal range to win it. Um, obviously, as a Steeler fan, I was happy. We want to see the Browns lose. Um, another result we um, needed today was we needed the Ravens to actually win. So we were on a rare, a rare occasion. Steeler fans were Raven fans um, in Cincy. I thought you know since they embarrassed them in their building. Um, a few weeks back that Baltimore would show up today. But then you learn that uh, not only is Lamar still out with the ankle, Tyler Huntley, who's kind of been America's darling uh, as the backup, he was ruled out with COVID. So they have got, and McSorley already out with an injury. Um, They were on quarterback number four today, Um, but it really wasn't an issue. It was all Joe Burrow, all Joe Mixon, all Josh Johnson. was the Ravens quarterback, the guy from the XFL. And he's, he's jumped on some NFL teams here. here. Washington, yeah. the Jets, yeah. So that being said, it was just the Ravens defense that couldn't keep up with the Bengals. It was the Burrow show, 520-some yards, a, a franchise record. I thought he'd flirt with the NFL record, but we were looking it up. Um, my cousin looked it up when I was at my aunt's and uncle's today, and it was Norm Van Brocklin, 1953, 540-some yards. Yeah. <laughs> Before they even passed a lot, I'd like to go look at that box score. It's crazy that he had 500-something, 540s. But um, 40, what was the final? I don't know, 41-21, something 41, like that. 41-21, and, um, and- and, and the Ravens got some points there at the end of the game. They got a little bit yeah, of garbage. It look garbage that good. Right. Yeah. So that, that one kind of like puts the Bengals finally in a driver's seat. Um, they get one of those great weekends. If you're a fan of the Bengals where they win and the rest of the division loses, um, obviously the Ravens lost cause they beat them. And then Pittsburgh lost to KC and Cleveland lost to green Bay yesterday. So the Bengals pick up a game on everybody and, they are the uh, odds-on favorite to win the North now, get that home playoff game in that four seed. Um, uh, Steelers, Ravens, Browns, all alive still for a wild card. Still alive in the division. Bengals' schedule um, is still tough down the stretch. They get the Red Hawk Chiefs, who've won you know eight in a row now. Um, they'll come into Cincy for the game of the week. I, I really I think that that should be Romo. And Nance, um, they probably haven't been at a Bengal game in a long time, but that that should be the game of the week next week, and that's gonna, um, you know, possibly a 
an AFC North clincher. If not, they'll get close if the Bengals can can win that one. But um, yeah, so the Bengals look really impressive. Um, and then of course, like I said, the Steelers. Um, we'll probably talk about them at uh, at length at the end of this segment. But they they show up and do a clunker in KC at the four the four thirty time slot. Um, you know, right off the bat, you get down, you get behind 10, 14, 17, nothing. Um, if you're chasing the game and again, the Steeler offense sputters, um, and they can't stop Mahomes on third down, even without Travis Kelsey, it was a whitewashing, uh, 36, 10 final Steelers fall to seven, seven and one playoff hopes, just hanging by a thread. They'll need to win their final two against Cleveland and Baltimore and get some help. Um, with the Chargers and the Raiders losing. Um, so, yeah, not looking good for for the Steelers' playoff chances this year. Now it's just up to will Mike Tomlin have a losing season or not. Uh, we've joked, and it's probably going to happen where they're going to go 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one and have another, you know, just 500 season because of the tie. Even even in the new rules with a odd number of games, they'll find, they find a way to have a tie and be 500. So, yeah, kind of a... If my voice sounds a little bit down, I just kind of got out of watching that Steeler debacle. So I turned I, it off, really, Frankie. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I turned it off. And started. I started playing some NHL 22 with the uh, <laughs> some World Junior action. I I downloaded the rosters because you can roster share now, and some people have uploaded some of the the junior teams. So I'll have, to get, I'll have to get on doing that. Yeah, they actually have last year's rosters, which is kind of strange, like Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zegras, whatnot. So I had to go to the uh, luckily, some some guys have uploaded us uh, at least like Canada, U.S., Russia, Sweden, Finland. Probably because um, of the age restrictions, you know, the world, the junior teams or whatever. Well, yeah, if you, but if they would just pass through a, a roster upload, they could fix it. Um, and you would have to. You, there's a tournament mode that you can play. Um, yeah. Um, they haven't they haven't patched through the rosters yet, but yeah, luckily you can you can download like peer to peer shared shared rosters like Madden has had. Yeah, Madden has that. So does NBA. Yeah. Um, and some and some kid, uh, or I don't know if it's a kid or a guy, but he's he he's he's fixed or created um Canada, uh US, Russia, Sweden, and Finland, all the junior players. So you have your you know, your Owen Powers and your Shane Wrights and Connor Bedards are all like in the game and on Canada. Um, even with the like the, the goalie goalie pad colors and masks, and even like Shane Wright <laughs> Shane Wright and Connor Bedard having the full cage because they're underage. Um this guy really did it pretty good. So for and then for the other five teams, I kind of just like added some some fake players to them just so that they would be, um, you know, I didn't want to have like uh, Jakob Voracek and and uh, David Krejci and all them on the check. So I just like moved around a a bunch of other players just to make them <laughs> just to make them yeah. fake because I I didn't want to spend the time to do those five teams creating all the the young guys, but um. Yeah, so that's on two now. The WJG, I have that on my background. Bronson has uh, the Sunday night game, Washington and Dallas. I have World Juniors, Canada and Czech, uh, USA and Slovakia is coming on that after this. So I'll probably throw that on. Yeah, when we sign off, that'll probably be. Uh, it's coming on at the conclusion of this one, twelve fifty one to go in the third. Um, so probably towards the end of our episode, <laughs> USA will be starting with Slovakia, but um. No, back to the NFL, Bronson. That was the only two. He took that way off the rails. But sorry, no, uh-huh. I was getting ready to do some recap, and then you went all the way into the Cincy Baltimore game, and that's like, all right, I guess we'll do that. <laughs> and, and, well, I'm turning um, it over actually, you because that's all I watched was Steelers, the Steeler game. You, in did, that you game. did, 
you did do a brilliant job recapping the Baltimore uh, Cincinnati game. I mean, Burrow whenever you know the the 500 yard mark, whatever he just he went off. I'm gonna, I was going to get to the stats here in just a few minutes, but Cincinnati looking dangerous as ever. Frank is not only do they have the running game with Mixon, and obviously we know Joe Burrow is capable of. You know, they have Jamar Chase and and, and, and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and yeah, just pick your poison with that team. And uh, uh, I don't know if you saw the post game of the Cincinnati game, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I I was not uh, into the the pre the uh, the hype up of this this uh, division rivalry this division matchup, but I guess Don Week Martindale, the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, I guess came out and had some bulletin board material. I guess saying that Joe Burrow is a, a hell of a player, but uh let let's uh let's pump the brakes on you know giving him the gold jacket. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I Burrow obviously had a day today, and uh, he was asked after the press conference about Mr. Martindale's comments. See the comments this week from Mike Martindale about not giving you a gold jacket just yet? Uh, yeah, I did. Did that mean anything to you at all? Did it resonate with you at all? Um, I didn't think it was a necessary comment. I wouldn't say I was offended by it. I mean, I'm in year two. Who knows what's going to happen down the road, but I didn't think it was a necessary comment. Was it on your mind when you were throwing at the end for 525? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> at least he's honest. <laughs> so it's Joe Burrow there. They he were was wearing it. They were like running up the stats there at the end. I wondered why. Well, I saw after the game, Zach Taylor and uh, John Harbaugh had the handshake and uh, missed. And uh, you could tell Harbaugh was not very appreciative. He said something to him. They did the handshake, but you could tell Harbaugh says something to him about it. He oh, was not about that. It's professional sports. If you if you if you if you don't want it, stop it. Like I, yeah. Bel- Belichick never listens to that. He used to run up the score. I mean, oh, he did it. He did it early in the year against the Jets. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, Who but cares? Burrow. If, if for those of you listening, and obviously you don't have a video on you. Uh, Burrow was wearing a Christmas Santa hat, and he was wearing a Krusty Krab shirt. So, uh, you know, when you win, when you win a game, you can wear those kind of things <laughs> after the game. But, but no, Frank, I, you know, you know, Harbaugh just needs to get it. It's funny, this guy's gone for fourth down how many times this year and and whatnot. But um, uh, Zach Taylor, uh, he kind of doubled down on the comments. He said, "Hey, you know, this is pro football, and we come ready to play. We come ready to go." And uh, he goes, "And I really have. Uh, I, I think it was him that said this, or someone that said tonight after the game said this." I don't want to, you know, put words in his mouth if he didn't say this, but basically someone on Cincinnati said, you know, hey, we come every week ready to play and be prepared. And hey, you know, he is, and hey, the Ravens have done this kind of stuff in the past too. So, you know, it's very rich of them to, you know, to, 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 to complain about it. So, um, but no, yeah, Cincinnati uh, puts the hurting on the bank on the Ravens. And I think this is the second time they've done it this year, right? They did it early in the year. I do believe. I think early in the year, Cincinnati put it on them in Baltimore. Yeah, that one was 41-17, and that's why I was thinking this would be a revenge game. And this is the first time that Cincinnati has swept both the Steelers and the Ravens since 2009. I would think it'd be longer than that. Yeah, that's that's a tough, that's a hard feat to do, yeah. So that was a big game, for, and I kind of wanted to get in here, too, to see what the stats look, the stat line looked like. Josh Johnson... Josh Johnson, Frank, and, and you know QB three coming in here, twenty eight of forty for three hundred four yards, two TDs, one pick. So he didn't he didn't lose in the game. Um, they just didn't have any good running. You know Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman couldn't get anything on the ground thanks to the Cincinnati defense. Um, Mark Andrews, the tight end, was the only guy that had any kind of impact on the game today. He catches one hundred twenty five yards. 
Um, and you mentioned the Bengals. That, that's the story. Joe Burrow, 525, four touchdowns, no picks, 37 of 46. Joe Mixon, 18 touches for 65 yards. So not really great numbers for Mixon, but a, a clutch one had to be, Frank. We had T. Higgins, 12 catches for 194 yards, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, seven catches, 125 yards. Tyler Boyd, three catches, 85 yards in the touchdown. And Mixon had a receiving touchdown as well. He had six catches for 70. So, I mean, it's however you want to play it. The Bengals are a, a very dangerous team coming down the stretch. And I was going to go later in the, in the in the recap on that. But since you brought it up, let's let's just kick it out of the way right now. Um, you mentioned that Packers escape uh, escape the Browns in Lambeau off of that ticky, the non-call on the, on the defensive holding there, 24-22. Baker Mayfield not looking too great, 21-36, 222 yards. Uh, two touchdowns before picks, Frankie. Chubb did have hell of a day, though. 17 touches, 126 yards, touchdown there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, what can you say? 202 yards, though. So not only, not to be sexy stats in terms of yards, but 202, 24-34 for three pit, or three, three touchdowns. Um, and that was pretty much it. Devont, Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 114 yards. A big, big game there for the pack as they escape, nearly escape their home uh, turf there, beating the uh, Brannies. You mentioned the Colts and Cardinals. You were into that game. Uh, Carson Wentz, 18 to 28, 225 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Jonathan Taylor, you mentioned how great he's been this year. It's 27 touches for 108 yards. Um, right now, Frank, it's just, it's the thing with the playoffs is it's not necessarily the best team that goes to the playoffs. It's the hottest team. And you look at this this game right here is the microcosm because you have the Cardinals have seen them kind of stumble down the stretch here, and the Colts are kind of picking up steam. So it's like, you know, if the Colts get in the playoffs, Frank, I mean, I know I've been telling the Colts all year and I've been telling Carson Wentz. So it sounds like, you know, I'm homering my pick all year. But mm. with the Colts kind of picking up steam going into the, into the tournament, I don't know if they're a team you you want to you want to have to play. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, if, if Wentz can, you know, keep keep playing the way he's been playing. And obviously Jonathan Taylor has been tremendous so far this year as well. Um, again, like you said, the Cardinals are not really good at home this year. And now they've... Mm. All of a sudden, now they've dropped to ten and five. You know, looking like you know early three year, straight. Like, yeah, yeah, they 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 dropped to ten and five. Now they're they're uh, they're looking like they can definitely be a beatable team. But going into Sunday's games, Frankie uh, Lions and Falcons was a close game, um, and that's because Jared Goff did not play due to COVID protocol. Uh, they resorted to Tim Boyle. He played earlier this year, didn't do too well, and uh, he didn't do too great today either. Frankie twenty four thirty four hundred eighty seven, a TD and a pick. Not much rushing from the the Lions, although their their leading producer today was that uh, I forget the kid's name, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. He had nine catches, ninety one yards on a TD. That's all they had for the Brownies or Brownies, the Lions. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, Matt Matty Ice. I mean, in victory, Matty Ice not really too sexy here. Two fifteen yard, two hundred fifteen yards, eighteen to twenty four for a touchdown. Uh, Cordero Patterson uh, had some. Uh, impact, but uh, this kind of really wasn't the uh, the knock that the uh, the shootout that we had hoped maybe to see there. And now it's kind of looking like what uh, the Lions, the Jets, and the uh, the Jaguars kind of you know battling around for that number one pick. So these these games kind of mean things down you know has extra value down the stretch here as we're looking to get the number one overall pick. And I was actually going to comment that once we wrap these games up here. Uh, Rams travel to Minnesota, take on the Vikings, Frankie. Uh, this one actually, uh, the the Rams had the high powered offense, but they actually had to escape the Vikings, uh, thirty to twenty three. Um, 
it, I feel like this game was more which quarterback made the less m- amount of mistakes or just happened to catch the right thing, right, you know, circumstances, Frankie. Because Matt Stafford was far from perfect in this game, and he actually called himself out after the game. He said he needed to get himself into gear and get get better. He was 21 to 37, 197 yards, Frankie, one TD and three picks for the Rams in the victory. So he's lucky that he even said he said about five times in his post game that the defense absolutely bailed him out. Um, uh, Sony Michelle, 27 touches, 131 yards and a touchdown there. Uh, not much on the offensive there. And of course, Frank, who's been the man for the Rams other than the quarterback, but Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 109 yards. Um, the only touchdown did come from Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he got a touchdown. He did he did the gritty dance. He mocked uh, Justin Jefferson, did the gritty dance. But uh, the, the defense of the Rams was the story, uh, led by uh, Jalen Ramsey. He had the most tackles. Um, uh, Howard had an interception. Uh, and, um, you know, just uh, if it wasn't for the defense, it's probably – the Rams probably take the L on this one. Uh, Cousins, not not too not too uh, shabby, though. 27 to 38, 300 over 300 yards passing it through 15, a touchdown, a pick. Um, keep in mind, the Vikings did play without Dalvin Cook, again, due to protocol, uh, COVID protocol. So Madison was the lead running back. Didn't nothing really to write home about there, Frankie. Uh, Justin Jefferson, eighteen catches, one hundred sixteen yards there. So uh, it's one of those games that maybe you know the Rams look back on this. You know, a game they escaped, um, and uh, as they move on, uh, not, that push to to grab the AFC, the uh, NFC West. Uh, the New York Jets hosted the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Robert Saleh, the coach of the Jets, uh, out COVID protocol. Um, but you had to battle the rooks here, Frankie. Uh, Trevor Lawrence against uh, J- uh, Zach Wilson, and uh, Zach Wilson not too. He, he was a fourteen to twenty-two hundred two yards and a touchdown pass. But he had a he had a really cool. Uh, not uh, he had ninety-one rushing yards to end the end of the the game, but he had a well, it had to be at least like sixty-yard touchdown run. Just caught some uh, good blocks and broke a couple tackles, and it was a, a tremendous run for the young man. And um, it was a great grab there. Michael Carter uh, quietly getting 16 touches for 118 yards. Um, and uh, the leading receiver was uh, Braxton Berrios of the Jets. But Frank, he actually had a, a tremendous punt return touchdown today too. So that gets the the Jets that squeaks them out 26-21 over the Jaguars. Um, Trevor Lawrence, 26-39, 280 yards, no TDs or picks. Um, Let's see if we can hit the 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 bell for Frank. Uh, was it Adare Agumbawale? Um, he not, nothing to write home about, but he was probably the the Jags' uh, best receiver running back there, Frankie. And this is again, as I mentioned earlier, the battle you know the the, the battle for the number one pick. And um, so Jaguars do take the, the loss here to the Jets. Um, I was just going to mention something too after this, uh, and just slipped my mind, but. Uh, Oh, and uh, it did come out, uh, if you're watching the Red Zone today, that the Jags are uh, talking to um, Doug Peterson. Uh, I forget who else they talked to. And the third guy was the guy I mentioned last show, Byron Leftwich, the guy that I, I threw at you. Yeah, you called now, that, that start- one. Yeah, the Byron Leftwich uh, uh, story starting to pick up steam a little bit there. It would be would be a funny thing, you know, the rookie quarterback there and played there for all those years and now possibly could be the head coach there. So probably be, probably will go down to between him and Doug Peterson. And obviously Doug Peterson, I think Frank gets another chance, should have at least another chance in the NFL. I know he, he wasn't necessarily the smartest guy on the, the back end of that Eagles run, but uh, I always thought Doug Peterson's a hell of a coach and should at least get another chance to be in the NFL. Um, 
maybe here, if not here, then maybe maybe Leftwich gets this and he gets another opportunity. Uh, Giants and Eagles, Frank. If the Giants were to hold, were to win this game today, the Cowboys would have locked the division up. And don't correct me because I'm gonna I'm gonna correct that statement just a few minutes here in the highlights uh, of all these games. The Giants do lose 34-10 to the Eagles. It was kind of the uh, uh, Daniel Jones. Jaden Jones was shut down for the rest of the year, Frank, so he will not play the rest of the year. It was announced to him, and uh, Joe Judge will be brought back next year. So um, at least they have to worry about. They don't have to worry about you know job security there. Um, Jalen Hurts, uh, 17 to 29, 199 yards, two TDs, no picks. Um, Devontae Smith um, with a touchdown there. Uh, and the Giants had uh, they went to two different quarterbacks. They started Jake Fromm, Frank, believe it or not, the uh, the quarterback via Georgia. They started him. He was six seventeen, so obviously not great numbers. He had a pick. They went to Glennon after that, seventeen and twenty seven, ninety three yards, a touchdown, a pick. Nothing that right home about Barkley. You know the Giant. The, there was lack of execution for the Giants all the way around. So the Eagles went thirty four to ten. The Cowboys don't exactly get to clinch the uh, the AFC East or at least as you say, quite yet, Frank. And we go to the next game, uh, Bills and Patriots. Uh, you remember the last time these guys met, Frank? It was that Monday Night Football game in the uh, the bear, the, uh, the 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 frozen uh, blizzard. The game where uh, there was what, what like two passes thrown the entire game. Yeah, it was really and Patri- windy. And Patriots pulled that off. Uh, that was in uh, Foxborough, um, or no, it was in Buffalo. I'm sorry. So the Bills uh, travel to Foxborough, and uh, you know Frank's favorite uh, saying here on the show is the, the get right game. Uh, I like to call this the payback game. Uh, we usually know Buffalo tries to get one gets one of these games off of New England, and uh, he get the, they get it today. Uh, 20, uh, 33-21, Frank. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, 30 for 47, 314 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and then uh, Moss, Singletary, both uh, n- nothing great there. Um, uh, Isaiah McKenzie with uh, 11 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. Stefan Diggs, seven catches, 85 yards for a touchdown. But basically that Buffalo defense was stifling Frank, and they basically did their best to try to take away the running game of the Patriots, although uh, Harris did get 18 touches for 103 yards and three touchdowns. They So they did give a little bit on the rushing side. But more importantly, Frank, the, the way to key that they won this game is they forced, they forced Mac Jones to make mistakes. Mac Jones today was 14-32, 145 yards and two interceptions, did not throw a single touchdown. And so the Buffalo Bills – Trying to putting their hat back in there, the AFC East. Um, I don't think they quite clinch it yet today, Frankie. I think they gotta do some take care of some more business to officially uh, uh, grab that AFC East crown. We already covered the Bengals and Ravens, so we're gonna skip that. Frank, the red hot Houston Texans host the San, and I was said San Diego, and I have the San Diego Chargers <laughs> shirt on. The LA Chargers, and um, this Shocker game the was yeah, the this- coming out party for the Houston Texans. Uh, Simone Biles was in the crowd today. I, uh, Scott Hansen made it a point about five times in the highlights. I mentioned that she was there. Her boyfriend, of course, plays for the uh, the Texans. Uh, Herbert Frank, 27 to 35, 336 yards, Frank, but one TD and two picks for him. Uh, was was nothing to write home about for the Sandy for the not San Diego Superchargers, the LA Superchargers. Um, Davis Mills, Frankie, 21, 27, 254 yards, two TDs. Um, Rex Burkhead was the monster of the game, my friend. 22 touches, 149 yards, and two touchdowns. And uh, Chris Conley, three catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown for the Houston Texans as they keep their streak alive. 
Uh, they're, they're creeping here at the end of the year here. They, they defeat the Chargers 41-29. And then if you were sitting at Arrowhead waiting for the game to kick off with the Steelers, this this warmed the, you know, warmed the cockles of your heart here because now pretty much this meant if Kansas City took care of business against Pittsburgh, that they would win the AFC West and climb up top the AFC uh, and, and it, specifically just the AFC itself. Uh, we could move on, Frankie. Uh, Buccaneers and Panthers. Cam Newton versus Tom Brady. I mean, it was pretty much uh, what we thought it would be. The Bucks route the, the Carolina Panthers 32-6. to um, Matt Rule definitely, he did a uh, QB by committee today, Frankie. He started Cam Newton, but him and Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold was eligible to come back this game. They did, a, they kind of, even certain drives, they would run, you know, Darnold in and out, Newton in and out. So it was kind of QB by committee there in Carolina. Sam Darnold was 15 to 32 for 190 yards. Cam Newton was 7 to 13 for 61, and he did throw an interception. Cam was their leading rusher for five touches for 42 yards. Not much after that related about the Pan- the Panthers. Brady was six, 18 of 30 for 232 yards and a touchdown. And the actual story of the game was uh, not uh, Ronald Jones the second did have a touchdown. He was 20 touches for 65 yards. Nothing too crazy there. But Keyshawn Vaughn had that really long run today and got that touchdown. So he finished seven touches for 70 yards. Antonio Brown Frank was was WR number one today with injuries and COVID. Uh, protocols hurting the receiving course. So Antonio Brown comes back uh, when they need him the most 10 touches, 10 catches, should I say for 101 yards uh, there for the uh, bucks. Their lone receiving touchdown came from Cameron Bright. So no, no Gronk touchdown. He only had one catch for 23 yards today in the leading defensive stalwart of the bucks today. Frank was your buddy in mind. Jordan Whitehead, the form way of Pitt, uh, had, had led, led the defense of six tackles and he, and he picked off uh Cam Newton today, so mm. big ups to the former Pitt uh, player Jordan Whitehead. Bears and Seahawks, Frank. I don't know if you got a chance to watch this game. This is up in Seattle in the in the in the uh, the flurry of the blizzards up there in the, in the Pacific Northwest. This game came down to the wire. Um, the Bears forced having to resort to start Nick Foles, the former Super Bowl MVP, um, due to injuries to Andy Dalton and um, Justin Fields. <laughs> Excuse me there. Nick Foles uh, was 24 of 35 and uh, 250 yards and one touchdown as the Bears escape Seattle with a 25-24 win. Russell Wilson was 16 of 27, 181 yards, two touchdowns, including a beautiful deep ball to uh, DK Metcalf. Uh, that, it look, that was like one of the first plays of the first drive, Frank. It looked like the... Seattle was going to take off with this game, and uh, they had it early. But uh, you got to give credit to the Bears; they they stuck in here. And I think, obviously, Frank, that familiarity playing in the Northwest, Frank, in these kind of conditions, you know, they were able to kind of get right here and, and get things steering in the right direction. David Montgomery was the man on the ground and in the air for the Bears. And obviously, a game like this with snow, Frank, coming on, you know, that that those this running back screens, those running back hitches. You know, the and, and the running game itself was huge. So you have to give credit for him. Jimmy Graham, the former Seattle Seahawks, comes back to bite his former team as one of his two catches is a touchdown for the Bears. So the Bears escape the Seahawks 25-24 uh, in Seattle. <clears throat> now, here we go, Frank. Back to that Dallas thing I was talking about, right? <laughs> this is weird. And I don't know if you caught this when you're if you watch the Red Zone today. But the Raiders in Vegas hosted the Broncos. 
if the Raiders were to win this game, this is going to sound weird. So just like, don't call me crazy. Don't get the mm-hmm. white coats after me here. If the Raiders win this game, Frankie, the Cowboys win the East outright without having to play tonight's game because of the strength of schedule. Yeah, uh, Scott Hansen reported yeah. this. It was very weird that that an AFC West divisional matchup determined the outcome of the AFC East. <laughs> right. But uh, but um, Mr. Hansen explained to us why this meant that way. Uh, Drew Locke for having to play uh, injuries to Teddy Bridgewater. He was 15 to 22, 153 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, not much going on the Broncos end of it. They started out good, uh, but the Raiders did find a way to come back. Derek Carr, Frank, 20 to 25, 201 yards, touchdown and a pick. He did have a, he did have some soreness in his shoulder. He did finish the game, so I don't know um, if that's going to become more of an issue uh, in the next couple of weeks. He had his play, play where he was taken down and he was favoring his shoulder, but he did stay in the game, so hopefully it's nothing too bad. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Frank, 21 touches, 129 yards. Um, and uh, Peyton Barber, five touches, 22 yards in the touchdown for the Raiders. Touchdown from Hunter Renfro in the receiving game, although um, Foster Moreau was their leading receiver, 67 yards on four touches. Um, this is a low-scoring game, Frankie. The Raiders won 17-13. to 13. Most of the scoring was in the second quarter, um, but it was, a, it was a low-scoring game filled with some turnovers. And the Raiders hold on to win, which means the Dallas Cowboys are officially the a, the, a, uh, the NFC East champions. They they had that you know that's that that solace before they even kicked the game off tonight, knowing that they didn't have to win the game. Although as of currently right now, they're up twenty eight to seven on the football team with a chance maybe to, they're in the red zone right now to really pile this on. Um, so so even if the, even the Raiders had lost, they still would be in control of the AFC East. But uh, congrats to the Raiders. And uh, that leads us, Frankie, uh, to the Steelers and Chiefs. I was trying to avoid it, but let's just to pull the Band-Aid off and uh, pour the alcohol on the, on the wound here. Your Pittsburgh Steelers traveled to Arrowhead Stadium, and then the Chiefs had that. So San Diego, or not I keep saying San Diego, Frank. I'm going to stop saying San Diego. <laughs> L.A. gets the loss in Houston. So all the Chiefs had to do was take care of business today, and they would be in the driver's seat in the West. They would win the West and be in the driver's seat of their own playoff destiny. And Frank, uh, this game was over pretty much before it started. Um, Kansas City clicked on all cylinders. Uh, a fleet flicker by Roethlisberger turned into an interception. He finished the day 23-35, 159 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Najee Harris, 19 touches for 93 yards. Um Mason Rudolph had some time in here too, obviously. A little bit of mop-up duty or the, the, over the, the horrible performance. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course, for Kansas City, 23 of 30, 258 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he only had nine nine touches for 27 yards, but he did get their rushing touchdown. Um, I mean, everyone just kind of chipping in here for Kansas City. Even Chad Henney got a chance to get in the game because the score was so out of, out of whack. Harden with the touchdown for Kansas City. And keep in mind, uh, the Chiefs played without uh, Travis Kelsey due to the COVID protocol. So Kansas City was even without one of their weapons, one of their top weapons in Travis Kelsey. Um, Kansas City scored two touchdowns in the in the first quarter. And they, and they had um, what a touchdown. They had a field goal in the, half, in the second half, Frank. But it just didn't matter. Everything Pittsburgh tried. Even that fourth, they went for, what was it, uh, going into the half. 
they went for that fourth and two, Frank, and they handed off to Najee Harris, and he just runs out of real estate on the right side. I mean, it's a lot of play calling I disagreement with, but just a lack of execution overall. But like fourth and two, and you do a side handoff like that. I mean, I know you and I are, you know, we're kind of big Matt Canada guys going into the year, but I don't know, man. It's just not. You know, Dante Johnson does get a touchdown to kind of keep him, kind of keep him going. Pat Fryermuth did not play Frank concussion protocols, I think, or was it COVID too? It might have been a COVID issue too, but I think it was more the concussion. Um, but um, no, nah, I mean, I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to give you the whole twenty-minute breakdown, and but uh, and this is just uh, what's the one Frank always says you have to shower this one off. I think a lot of the experts and people here thought this would not be a, this would be an ugly game, and and it kind of sort of was everything we had hoped we had what we had hoped it wouldn't be, but thought it would be. And um, thirty-six to ten, Kansas City Chiefs. Defeat the Steelers at Arrowhead Stadium. They clinch the West, and now they, if they can win out and take care of business, they should be uh, the top seed of the AFC, which means the road to the Super Bowl will go through Kansas City. And, uh, yeah, Frank, uh, just um, like I said, I kind of tuned on the third quarter. You, you, you know, as Mike Lang would always say, I sm- we've smelled this fish before, and it just – you, you, you were kind of – you know, you were expecting the worst but hoping for the best – and it just didn't happen. So now you're hoping maybe Pittsburgh can take care of business here, um, beat Cleveland, and then beat Baltimore, and kind of get get their get their hat back. And because before the the game kicked off, if the game if the season had ended before the Steelers kicked off this game before, the Steelers would actually would have been in the playoff position. Um, but obviously this now puts them at seven seven and one. So they absolutely will have to take care of business here uh, the next couple of weeks here to, to to get to get into the playoff race. So. Uh, Frank, your reaction, you uh, you were dialed into this probably even more so than I was. I kind of, I did the old, uh, I did the old tap out at halftime and just knew this, this wasn't going to end well. And uh, I, I, I peaked in a couple times during the half, you know, because, you know, the last couple of weeks, Pittsburgh's made a, made a habit of uh, the second half being their half to kind of getting things together and, and, and rallying the troops back. But I peaked in a couple times during the third quarter and once during the fourth and knew that this game wasn't going to be one of those games. And, uh, just uh, I'm already over because I figured it was gonna be a, it was gonna be an ugly game, you know. Dicky V was a you know ugly the capital U baby, um, so just you just shake this off and uh, get ready next Monday night to, get to to play the to play the Browns. I'll be at that game, so maybe we can get some uh, on site coverage here for the NLN Sportscast. So just your reactions, Frankie. And I'll uh, take a little bit of a break here. No, great job breaking down the whole slate, Bronson. Um, I would had to lean on you, like I said, because I didn't watch much. But yeah, I watched the first first half just like you, and um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't pretty. And and like you, I I didn't uh, didn't expect much out of this game. Maybe earlier in the week, hearing about um, you know Hill and Kelsey maybe not playing uh, with the COVID protocols. Um, I thought maybe Steelers would have a chance because most of our guys in the protocol were kind of second stringers um but no from the get-go you could tell they were overmatched kansas city is back to be in the class of the afc and steelers are just let's face it really not a good team uh a mediocre team at best they've been hovering around 500 um and it's looking you know bleaker and bleaker as we get towards two games to go i mean mathematically steelers still alive um, will have to win their final two, which are they are winnable games there at home against Cleveland and at Baltimore. You know, Baltimore might be pretty much ready to mail it in themselves if they can't get Lamar back. And um, you know, they they still have a path to winning the the division as well, I think. But uh, they would have to win out and get help. 
Um, but no, the Steelers, again, the offense is just one-dimensional, predictable. Um, it's back to that whole um, dink and dunk, no throwing the ball downfield. Um, just, you know, on third and 10, throwing a screen pass, that's going to get you one yard. Um, frustrating to watch as a fan. Um, kind of, you know, again, looking like they just give up sometimes on on, on third and long. Don't even run a play that'll get it. Um I think it's a team that kind of looks like, you know, and I never thought I'd say this about a Steeler team, but like just like a team that's checked out, like maybe Tomlin's kind of lost the locker room. Um, ben, you know, looking like he might be riding into the sunset here and 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 not uh, not giving it a hundred percent. Yeah, it's just it was Kansas City is is men among boys. That's a that's an NFL football team, and the Steelers don't look like one right now. And um, yeah, in all in all facets, the Steelers were dominated. Um, you can see Mahomes and the Chiefs are are getting into form now, winners of seven or eight in a row, back up to the the first round by uh, positioning. Like you said, the road's going to go through KC again, which is tough for everybody in the AFC. Um, my pick, Buffalo, um, is getting hot at the right time, but uh, yeah, having to go into KC, uh, we might be looking at the Chiefs going to their third consecutive Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, uh, there a lot of the results. Um, other than that, today, I mean, um, seeing that 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 Charger loss to Houston stood out because uh, that one actually keeps the Steelers a, a little bit alive in a wild card. Um, the division chances, like I said, are alive, but so are the wild card if if everything would happen. Um, but yeah, if the Steelers get into the playoffs, it's just going to be an embarrassment um, unless they get a matchup in the first round that kind of favors them like maybe a Tennessee um, or possibly a second a second go at, at Buffalo um, and I could see the Steelers maybe hanging with the Colts but not the way that uh, Taylor could probably run over them but uh, I think Steeler fans just have to stop and then I have to make myself stop all this like scenario you know when I how can the Steelers still make the playoffs because if they do they're not deserving and they're probably going to get uh, blown out of the playoffs. So um, it's it's not their year. It, it might be time to finally commit to a rebuild um, if Ben's gone. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. Is even losing the last two games to improve your draft stock more beneficial than trying to back into the playoffs? So, uh, you know, Tom was going to try to keep the losing the losing season thing going. So they need one more win to secure that. Um, they have to finish one and one to secure a non-losing season. Um, but no, Bronson, it's going to be exciting at least for you to go to the game on Monday night next week. It'll be fun to, excuse me, it'll be fun to chronicle that as you uh, maybe record some some sound from that game to play on the show. But uh, but yeah, I mean, NFL wraps up another week and. It's starting to come into focus. We still have a lot of great races. Um, I played around with my famous playoff machine, um, plugged in what I could plug in. And, uh, you know, I, I found the scenarios for Pittsburgh to make it. They're, they're out there. Uh, NFC wide open um, with Arizona faltering. Um, the seeding is still a lot to be determined out there. I think Green Bay has kind of stepped out and said we're taking the bye week there. Uh, yeah. Rod, Rogers and company, but uh, Arizona faltering lately. Dallas starting to peak as they kind of were 
were down for a while until that McCarthy guarantee fired up his bunch. Um, but uh, I'm excited for the final two weeks because there's going to be so many good games. There's going to be division matchups because the NFL schedule maker kind of always ends ends the uh, season with a, a couple weeks of a lot of a lot of division matchups, especially uh, week 18, the final week. I think is going to be all all divisional. So, yeah. um, I know the NFL. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, we'll probably have we'll probably have a show before the last game in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, we'll t- and, sure. and we'll we'll talk about week 18 and what what scenarios have to take place for teams to win divisions and win playoffs. But um, and then we'll I'm excited for as we get into the new year, Bronson, we always have fun doing the NFL playoff preview. And uh, absolutely we'll be covering our I, it's hard to believe, but I believe we'll be covering our third Super Bowl. Uh, on, yes, the, yes, on the NLN sportscast, because our very first episode recapped the Mahomes and Chiefs beating uh, the the 49ers. Uh, our pilot episode was recapping that one, and then of course we had episodes where we around the uh, Brady Buccaneers Chiefs Super Bowl, um, and this will be Super Bowl number three for the NLN sportscast, if you can believe it already. So, but we'll have a lot of playoff games to preview and kind of predict and and stuff before that as we go into our new uh, our, our 2022 slate, but. Uh, Final thoughts all on all we've, ever, all we've ever known is the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Right, right. So, you know, Bronson, that's my take on it. I, I'll throw it back to you for any final thoughts on the NFL and then a, a transition into our second topping if you if you want to throw it up to that. But uh Yeah, no, no. Um no, I, I agree with you. And like you you mentioned Green Bay, I think it's pretty much I, I think we're getting, you know, the there's still a lot to be figured out in both the AFC and the NFC, but it's looking more and more like uh not more looking more and more like it's becoming quite evident that the road to the Super Bowl and the NFC is going through Green Bay and the road to the AFC is going through, you know, Kansas City. Yeah. And could this be the year we finally get our State Farm Super Bowl? I mean, everyone was kind of pulling for that last year, and this could be the year. And uh exciting. Don't 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 sell short our, our Buffalo Bills pick. You know, they they yeah. are they are starting to come back up around the right time. They catch a couple good matchups in the playoff. You know, they're a team that could get it done. Um, and don't and don't get it twisted. You know, I mean, Josh Allen probably wants another another chance in the AFC title game against Patrick Mahomes. So he wants another chance to maybe right that wrong. And who knows? Maybe we'll get a chance to do that this year. And obviously, certain things have to you know figure themselves out for that to happen. But then no, I mean, uh, there's still you know some things that have to be determined. And no. The uh, AFC North is obviously the huge wild card and all of that, but uh, um, but no, it's uh, this is a fun time w- w- around sports when we figure out the NFL playoffs and and who goes where and what's going to happen where and uh, you know we're we're only we're, we're only a couple weeks away from Black Monday, Frank, not even, and so uh, we'll find out who you know we don't want you know we'll see people lose their jobs, but some you know some coaches are going to lose their job and. Uh, I mean, why not? Oh, I was going to say, um, uh, not that you really care about, you know, uh, I, I, I go on this website called WalterFootball.com. This guy, mm-hmm. Walt Cherpinski, he runs it. He has a podcast on there. He's actually a guy that maybe I'd like to reach out to and maybe to get him on, on a show or something. Even if he talked for like 10 minutes or something, he, he runs his own website. And, uh, one reason I've gone on there is the fact that, uh, that uh, they are so in depth in terms of handicapping the draft, and the, every week they update their mock drafts. And so I, lo- I looked last week, and it's already changed. But 
um, it was with the Lions having the number one overall pick, and, and him and uh, Charlie Campbell, another uh, contributor to that website, both had the Lions taking Kenny Pickett number one overall. And not the fact that, and not that Kenny Pickett necessarily would be the best overall prospect. It's just that you know, right now he, as according to Kuiper and McShay, he's the he's the top ranked quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are, are, are um, and we're, and I know we're gonna get into pick coverage here in a little bit here, but um, you know, a lot a lot of NFL uh, executives and scouts do expect. Uh, Pickett to have a good combine, and so if he does that, his numbers will pro- his his draft stock will probably only get higher. And obviously, we'll see how he does in the Senior Bowl and whatnot. But um, yeah, it was fun to, to look when the Lions had the were the undisputed worst team in the NFL like a week or two ago, and uh, have them take uh, uh, Kenny Pickett. Oh, they they have changed their mocks. Walt has uh, is this Walt's pick here. Um, yeah, I think this is Walt's uh, uh, mock draft here. He has the Lions actually taking eight, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, and Pickett would go number three overall to the Houston Texans. So that'd be crazy. Then I want to see if Charlie has his draft. I, I always like to check this out. You know, Frank always you know has um, you know the playoff predictor in ESPN. WalterFootball.com is a big nerd site to go to 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 handicap the draft or see like they change it like every day or every week it seems like. Um, so Walt and Pickett going third to the um, uh, the Texans. Uh, Jack, they have the Jags taking Hutchinson number one overall with Pickett. Um, Pickett going second overall to the Lions. So Campbell has not changed his pick. He has Pickett going to the, the Lions. So it's just funny to see that Pickett like in the top three, top five, and and like they, they even said not because they think Pickett's the, the greatest prospect, but because of the need for quarterbacks and the, and, the, and, the, and the class itself. So it's funny to see that. I got I got a chuckle out of seeing that. I'm not. I'm not. Pro- I'm not proclaiming that to be the gospel, the NFL gospel, but it's just fun to look and read the articles and, and, and get kind of nerded out because you know Frank, you know you and I, we love the NFL draft so much. So, and I'm sure I can't wait to do. Maybe now that we've we've done the live reaction uh, game one, we'll do a live reaction draft one uh, this upcoming year, and that would be cool for people to watch mm-hmm. the draft with us. So, um, that's still months and months away, but it's something I'll put on the table there. But no, uh, I ranted too much, Aaron. Um, I'll let you handle the opening of the NHL, uh, the NHL, uh, I guess, return possibly here in the next couple of days, as long as COVID doesn't ruin that. And uh, where you where you see where our, our Pittsburgh Penguins going? Yeah, thanks, Bronson. Nice, uh, fun, fun NFL segment. But yeah, it's uh, we'll switch over and and talk some some hockey and uh, a couple hockey topics to get to with the NHL and then the World Junior Champion that I kind of previewed in the middle of my NFL scores. Um, but uh, no, hockey has you know they they were set up for their holiday break, um, which is usually like December twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. Um, so it was kind of going to pause anyway for the players to kind of get home with their families. A lot of the you know the the European players a chance to fly over um, if if they wanted to back to Europe. Um, Canadian players back up to Canada, et cetera. Um, or just spend time with their families wherever they're living. But um, the NHL, due to some, uh, you know, kind of a COVID outbreak, and we're seeing the Omicron variant, um, unfortunately, kind of slowing a lot of things down. Bronson and I have talked about how we're worried that, uh, you know, stuff's going to go back to that uh, 2020 way of protocols and shutdowns and things being closed. And there is kind of some heightened awareness right now of it. And a lot of the sports leagues canceling games, players in protocol. Um, it's hitting the NFL, it's hitting the NBA, it's hitting hockey, uh, and the NHL with so many players on protocol lists, especially some teams like Carolina and, um, 
in, in Calgary. Um, they were two of the teams that kind of had eight, nine, 10, 11 guys plus coaching staff and doctors and trainers um, coming down with it. Uh, that they had to they had to postpone games, and it got to the point where uh, the NHL said, "Why don't we just make it a longer holiday break and get this under control?" So they ended up canceling. I think uh, from the twenty second through the twenty eighth, um, and now the NHL won't return until Wednesday night, um, which kind of stinks. It was bad for the Penguins; they were just getting hot. They're <clears throat> they're winners of seven straight. Um, teams that were looking looking great kind of has to cool them off but um it does help with injuries uh this is less games for malkin to miss less games for gensel and rust to miss um when we when we come out of this um we might only be a week or two away from seeing uh malkin gensel and rust return um malkin's out of the contact jersey rust i think is close to you know He's he's been practicing, um, so Gensel might be the longest with the, I think the broken hand. But uh, so that that's that's a, some silver lining as as the league pause. We're not missing man games uh, with with those three. But um, hopefully COVID's going to slow down a little bit. They they get this this variant figured out. They get testing figured out. Um, the NHL starting to go back to their you know strict policies with masking and. And, and, and quarantining and whatnot to, to, to try to get a hold of it. Um, and uh, and one thing that uh, came out of it, Bronson, that really is disappointing, though, and I can't remember if we announced this on last show or not, but the NHL will not be going to the Olympics now. Um, I was really excited. You know, NHL 22 has got had gotten the rosters and the jerseys and um, – Really was going to be excited for the Beijing Olympics to watch Olympic hockey. It has been since 2014, um, where it was kind of it was really fun to so- in Sochi. I mean, you remember the 2010 Olympics were really fun to watch with Crosby's golden goal, just these all-star teams representing their countries. Fourth lines that consist of like Steven Stamkos and uh, like Brad. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Braden Point and Steven Stamkos on like a fourth line or Team USA with like, you know, we were probably Jake Gensel making it and just stack teams, but it won't be, it won't happen. And yeah, I, was looking ju- forward, I was looking forward to you know, like, you know, possibly Marc-Andre Fleury being the starter for Team Canada. Yeah. Like he probably could, would have been. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, you know, Stamkos by the fourth line, like Braden Point. I was looking yeah. forward to Alex to bring it being on Team USA, yeah, which yeah. he more likely would have been. So, yeah, but, but they're no, gonna use, they're, they are going to use that break to make up some of these canceled games. So that was a big yeah. part of it. And China being, you know, where the pandemic started, like everybody has a little bit of fear there. And um, I don't know how China's COVID numbers look right now, but any type of international travel and get getting around, a, a, you know, a bunch of athletes that are coming from all these different countries, um, having to quarantine and and having to come back from the three week break and probably quarantine again because they've been in airports and been on planes. Um, and then the rest of the league going back home with families and being exposed. And, you know, by the time the Olympic break was over, you might have to have another week off for players to quarantine. It was just going to push another season into late summer. Um, and the, the NHL wants to get an 82 game schedule in and they don't want to have the cup be awarded in like August or September. again. Yeah. So 
they they pulled the the plug on going to the Olympics. Um, we're gonna get an All Star game, I think, in Vegas. Um, you know, that yeah, was, I think that's a priority of theirs. They definitely want to get that done. And that was gonna happen without Olympic players, so that was gonna kind of be a watered down All Star game. Now you might get some of the stars um, in Vegas for the All Star game. And what I heard is an outdoor skills competition, which will be really interesting on the Vegas Strip, which they're kicking around. Oh, I'll be tight. It's kind of like a, it's kind of, you know, a marketing ploy for the NHL. Um, they're going to have some indoor events, obviously, but some, t- some maybe outdoor where they do some like roller hockey type stuff. But, um, but, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to see. I mean, we were hoping for the Olympics, but NHL in general, I just hope they get COVID under control because, um, I want to see, you know, action get get back underway. It was really starting to heat up as we, you know, get towards the most teams have played close to 40 games now. So we're halfway through the NHL season, if you can believe yeah. it, and, um, starting to see division races uh, and, and playoff positioning kind of c- cement it st- itself into what we kind of expect to see come spring. And, you know, luckily our Penguins have have done well without. Crosby for most part of the year and, and Malkin the whole year and Jari is getting Vezina talk. His numbers are really good. Um, and, and the Penguins are, are kind of in a pretty solid playoff spot in the wild card and, and creep into that top three in the Metro. Um, big win, big win over Washington. Uh, and then the schedule got easy there before this, this pause um, where they started to beat up on Buffalo and Jersey and Philly and, um, well, actually, the Philly game got postponed, so we haven't played the Flyers yet. Um, but uh, but I, I hope it. I, I think it's it's scheduled to get back on track Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so I'll be watching that Bronson, and uh, I'll let you jump in with your thoughts, and then we'll talk some World Juniors. I just um, I was looking at some stuff on NHL.com here as we were looking. I was going to update, take a little skater on the NHL in a second, but uh, looking like. Um, uh, when we do get back to hockey here shortly, um, we could see Tuka Rask back with the Bruins. I know the last couple of weeks he's actually just been like showing up to the rink and and you know being like the emergency practice goalie or something, or just out there with the guys on the ice. He's still technically an unrestricted free agent, and he already said he was either playing the Bruins or going back to Finland or just retiring from hockey. Pin period. But uh, last couple of weeks, he's actually been uh, at the facilities there in Boston playing with the Bruins, like you know, kind of like what Brent Johnson was doing with the Penguins there for a while there too, before he called it quits. So, but it's looking like, uh, and I think Bruce Cassidy even said, uh, looking like a chance that uh, he could be signing and be back with the Bruins here. So maybe all he wanted was just a couple months off, you know, Frankie, mm-hmm. not. The, the rigors of training camp and playing a full season, you know, just straddle back in here in January and uh, get the bees into a playoff position and make a long run, you know, make a long run to go for it. So um, that's where that's at. Not not many times for I get, I can incorporate pro wrestling in the, into the NHL, but uh, <laughs> um, this upcoming week, uh, AEW dynamite will be the last dynamite uh, edition of dynamite on TNT. Um, and that's been pushing the NHL show, the Wednesday show, back to 10 o'clock every week because of the wrestling. Uh, so they will be jumping to TBS start of the year, which means that now every Wednesday night you're going to see TMT a little earlier on the on the draw there with hockey. So, um, so I'm sure the NHL fans are going to be happy for that. Um, maybe ESPN will start picking up some of these games to be on uh, the regular ESPN network. I finally did, Frank. I finally got, uh, you know, Stop being lazy or, or, or forgetful and 
I did uh, subscribe to the Disney Plus package, so mm-hmm. I now I now have the, the Disney Plus package. So, um, so I'll definitely maybe get that Xbox out, hook it up to the TV here, and uh, yeah, get the the uh, what's that? What did Scott Hansen say to the Quad the Octobox? The Octobox was that eight at a time. <laughs> yeah, watch some hockey there for sure. So, um, so yeah, I'm in that mood now. You know, especially when 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 the NFL gets around the playoff time, it's time to to delve into hockey hardcore. And uh, I've been, but you know, now it's now with AEW going to TBS and and and, and everything, we're going to see a lot more hockey on TV. I, I know at least from the, from the Turner point of view, we'll see where, where ESPN takes it from there. Um, just a quick skate around the NHL, Frankie, in terms of individual stats here. Alex Ovechkin, last time I recorded, had the points lead, but McDavid, and there's actually a tie for first, although I do believe Dreisaitl would get, like, the the tiebreaker because he has more goals. Mm-hmm. So Dreisaitl technically would be the, the leading point getter in the NHL right now, 49 points. McDavid himself is 49, and Ovechkin third with 47. The surprise for me, Frankie, is Nassim Kadri is fourth. So, um He's kind of he's kind of been the breakout player, one of the bigger breakout players of the year, Frank. And I would dare say he's probably going to be in contention if he keeps up the entire year with that Masterton Trophy. Um, not that he's been a bad player, but he's definitely never had a year like this. Uh, so he's sitting fourth and scoring, and then Kirill the Thrill wraps up the, uh, the the top five. And Stamkos hanging there, Frank. He started to come back, and uh, Matthews, Panarin, Huberto, and Ajo round out your your top list of scores there. In terms of goals, uh, Drysettle's taking it back over, 23 goals. It's kind of been him and Oveshkin kind of exchanging it uh, as the, the month of December was rolling on, with Matthews kind of you know, chilling back there with a couple goals behind the 20. Kyle Connor, Frank of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, I keep mentioning his, uh, his ties to the Youngstown Phantoms of the USHL. He's got 18 goals as does Troy Terry, the Ducks. Chris Kreider also has 18 uh, goals there with the, the Rangers. And then you have Connor McDavid and his uh, former Otters teammate, Dabrinkit, both at 17, as is Andrew Mangiapane from the Calgary Flames in Ajo at 15 with the Hurricanes. Going to the defenseman, it's basically been the Adam Fox show in terms of uh, points there. Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, Morgan Riley, John Carlson, Aaron Eckblad, Seth Jones, and Shea Theodore rounds up that, 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 uh, that top, you know, 10 or 11 there for sure. Kale McCarr, Frank, 13 goals in the, in the defenseman goal race. Um, Rasmus Dahlin is six as the Shattenkirk, Hamilton, Theodore, and Carlson. Um, but Hedman has seven, Carlson is eight, as does Aaron Eckblad, and Roman Yossi is 10. So, um, and, you know, if you're giving up the the Norris, I don't know if I'd give it to Fox again this year. I mean, I said the last episode, Fox is just a he's a, I mean, he has shut down some players before, but he's a glorified American. You know, he'd be he'd have been on Team USA this year, Frankie, uh, had we had the you know the players go to the Olympics. I would say he's a more of an American version of uh, um, Eric Carlson. As it pertains to the rookies, obviously it's been the Lucas Raymond show with Zegris and Cider and. There's your top three with uh, Tanner Janot and uh, Dawson Mercer. Kind of the same guys I've been mentioning, Frank. But uh, Lucas Raymond's kind of, had, had, kind of had a stranglehold on this uh, uh, rookie race. Although Zegris is kind of pushing him here. He's going to be the guy that pushes uh, Lucas Raymond of the Red Wings. And, and you're starting to see that with him. And, and uh, um, I'm sorry, and uh, with uh, Raymond and uh, um, who's the other kid there? Uh, 
Oh, um, Mort Cider. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're starting to see that coming with the Red Wings, Frank. You know, the the Iser plan, as they were saying, is starting to kind of uh, uh, figure figure its way in there. So, uh, going to the goaltenders, uh, we, you know, I love that. You know, it's been kind of the same, the usual suspects, Frankie. It's been the Tristan Jari, Jacob Marshall, Frederick Anderson, Anderson show. Campbell's been there. Um, as has Reimer with the Sharks, he's been the surprise in terms of the goaltenders. But I think they're all kind of holding. The, they're kind of all, all playing second best. I think to Shosturkin. I think Shosturkin's been the man of the hour. I think he's been the best goalie in the league, probably up there when when Vassy's on his game. But right now, I have to say, if you took, maybe take a goaltender who I think is the best playing playing the best hockey of his career right now, it's Igor Shosturkin for the Rangers. Um, and obviously, a Markstrom and, and Jari back there. Um, and uh, and Anderson's find, found a, a new home there in Carolina uh, as well. So um, I think if Charlie Lindbergh plays a few more games in the Blues, he can be back in there. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's just there. And Sorokin, uh, Sorokin's been uh, not bad in, in, in the Islanders. And uh, obviously Calgary, you know, They've been they've been playing behind Markstrom, but when when your boy Vladar has been in there too, Frank, he's been he's been magic as well too for there for the Flames. So I don't know if I don't know if you have a better goaltending duo than Markstrom and Vladar. Honestly, I mean I'm trying to think who would you want the other the, the duo to be. I mean um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, I just don't see it. I, I just don't see another better duo than those two right now, uh, and that's why Calgary's been where they've been. So. And that's the stats going to the standings, which we have some time to do this, obviously, with with, with play probably getting going off here in, in a couple of days when we launch uh, the podcast. Penguins sitting there, you know, sitting there in a 17 and 8, 39 points. They're fourth in the in the Metro right now. Um, uh, losing ground to the Rangers, Caps, and, and the, the Canes are just, they've just taken them to love. I mean, they're only a few points out, though, 43. So the Penguins, I think, honestly, Frank, with the stoppage of play, uh, this has really hurt the Penguins, who were who were kind of on that streak there. Kind of probably wanted to keep things going just because of the, the momentum and and winning the games there. But uh, like you said, you know, there's another side of the coin too. It allows Malkin and 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 Rust and and Gensel to kind of miss less games. Allows them back in the an opportunity to get back in the lineup. Uh, Philadelphia's kind of sort of uh, um, they're they're at 500 right now. And so they've they've had a little bit of momentum since they've they brought you know Mike Yo's been the coach, but the Islanders have been they've been the story freak of how bad they've been this year. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Tampa's been Tampa. Toronto's starting to make a play there, as is Florida. Detroit, Frank, they'll look now, but Detroit could be fighting for a wild card position if we ended the season today. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why Boston's trying to get uh, Tuka Rask in there as quickly as possible. They get the beast trending back up and get back into that Atlantic match, that Atlantic uh, fold there. Um, Buffalo has kind of, they've kind of crawled out of the dregs of society there in the, in the Atlantic. Um, and you know, they're, they're ahead of Ottawa and Montreal. Um, and Montreal really desperately needs Carey Price back in this lineup. At least try to get, get out of the, the basement there. Minnesota has been the cream, the creme de la creme of the of the the central. Obviously, that's a big you know big uh, tip of the cap to Tom, a big tip of the cap to um, uh, Kirill the Thrill. Nashville's been there. Um, Colorado's kind of dropped down since the start of the year. They've been they came out game boxes. They've kind of sat back a little bit as well. Uh, and uh, going to the Pacific, Frank, it's been 
it's this bad. Now, now, you know, Anaheim was running away with this. You know, now Vegas has kind of creeped back into the picture as well. They're both tied at 40, although uh, Vegas has more wins, so that puts them ahead of the Ducks. So you have, you know, Vegas, Anaheim, Calgary, and Edmonton. Those are your four in the in the Pacific, although the Kings and the Sharks are still kind of hanging around uh, sort of Vancouver, but uh, the Kraken definitely have some work to do if they want to get back in the thick of things um, there in the NHL, but uh, now I'm just, uh, you know, obviously, the, you know, if, if, if you want to say this is the mid part of the season and the mid part, you know, obviously I didn't see Anaheim being, you know, in this. Anaheim's the surprise of the Pacific for sure. Calgary and Edmonton, we kind of figured would be there just by default because I don't think anyone saw the Kings or the, the Sharks making any noise, nor the Kraken. Maybe Vancouver had, a, you know, a hat in that race too. And, then, and possibly they still could uh, if they could get, get some better goaltending and they could get Besser, they could get, um, Elias Pedersen uh, back in the ball game, get them playing the, the hockey they were playing in the past. And you hope that maybe Bruce Brujo and some moves that, uh, G, uh, you know, interim GMJR can make there for Vancouver to get them back in the race. Um, Preds, uh, Wild Preds, uh, Blues, and and, and Avs um, there in that fourth there, Frank. Winnipeg, Frank, 33 points there. One thing we did not, I did not mention, uh, Paul Maurice stepped down as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Um yeah, I don't know if it's health shocker, issues. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's health issues or there was there was a little bit of a saying uh, insider that maybe he was starting to kind of lose the locker room there, mm-hmm. and I think maybe he saw the writing on the wall. Maybe just it's or maybe maybe it's better I just leave and you know yeah, just trying to. I heard uh, that it it ended peacefully. Um, it was like a he said he pushed the rock up the mountain as far as it could go, and uh, just a a change I think he needed and the team and organization. Needed. Both uh, mutually needed a, a change of scenery, um, so he. I think he wants to coach again. He'll wait for the next opening. Um, no, he, yeah, he's he, a fantastic coach. I've always liked yeah. Paul Morris. So yeah, I heard that it was it was cordial. It was just a, a situation where yeah. the, the time has come where he kind of ha- had done what he could do there. So that makes sense. I mean, you know, he was probably no closer than well the year that Vegas played uh, eighteen. When Vegas played um, Washington in the Cup Finals, remember Vegas had that knockdown dragout matchup against against the Jets, or was it yeah. Nashville? They, yeah, they, when the Peg went to the the Western Finals that year, yeah, yeah so they that, went to the Western Finals, and I think they were really they were really overwhelmed by Vegas, but that's because they went seven games with Nashville the previous round. I mean, uh, that was such a like that was like a bloodbath of a round. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever was left of Winnipeg just wasn't enough to beat the, the Knights that year. And obviously they they had that luck, you know, with the Vegas tragedy and Marc Andre Fleury and them being an expansion team. Mm-hmm. That was that was Paul Maurice and Winnipeg's best chance in a cup, and it just didn't happen. And they haven't really gotten close since. They have tremendous goaltending and Collar Hellebuck, and you have Connor and Shifley, and 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 and, and I know I'm forgetting Wheeler, and um. And then, yeah, I, I definitely see that, you know, where, you know, where Maurice goes, hey, you know, this is probably as best as it was going to be. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just better for me to step aside here. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it believe me when I tell you this, and I know, Frank, you believe this, but anyone listening, it won't be soon before long before Paul Maurice finds another gig in the NHL. He always finds another job. He's such a tremendous coach. And it's really honestly a crying shame that he hasn't have a Stanley Cup. And he's had a couple yeah. appearances finals but uh that o2 uh final when they lost to the uh the juggernaut red wings when he took carolina when they had kevin weeks and uh, arthur zerbe and ron francis and in that in that group there but he's always come so close and who knows maybe he didn't be the cup finals in 09 had he not run into that juggernaut penguins team you know where mm-hmm. malkin pretty much dominated them 
he's always been a great, I mean, I, I, I know I'm talking at nausea, but I always thought he's such a great coach and, and um, who knows me, you know, an opportunity maybe arise where he gets a chance to take over. Um, and I'm trying to think of like who potentially could, he could go to. I mean, and honestly, he could go to like, you know, I'm sure he, maybe he would take a, a job like, you know, a Montreal job or something yeah. like that, or, or I'm um, trying to think of who else maybe, you know, Well, Philly I, with Mike Yo is a, on an interim basis. So that, yeah, I mean, that, that might job, open up. Pa, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think Lamarillo is going to pull the plug on, on, on uh, trots. Like, no. like he's like, he's not, it's not going to, it's not going to be a knee jerk there. No. Um, maybe a team like, you know, Arizona, but yeah. I think Maurice is a smart man and he'll, and he'll pick the, the job he knows right. he can handle. And uh, just a big, uh, you know, all the best to Paul. And, and he's, like I said, I've always thought he's a tremendous coach and, and, uh, and uh, hopefully he'll, he'll get back soon with, not soon before long. And I'm sure he'll probably do some TV stuff in the meantime, Frankie, probably sports net or TSN. He'll probably, he'll probably contribute on, on through the media or whatever until he gets, you know, another gig there. But, but now Frank, when we get back to hockey, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, like I said, you know, for the, the Metro Frank, other than once Pittsburgh, once you get pets, Pittsburgh at four, there's a 10 point difference. So you're looking right now, right now it's a 14 race. It's Carolina, Washington Rangers and Pittsburgh. And Columbus, and maybe Philly has a chance to come back, but that's about it. But no, I mean, it's uh, Detroit's been the surprise. Anaheim's been the surprise. Uh, Rangers aren't, people say the Rangers are a surprise, not to me, not with what they have and the young prospects and how good Shostarkin's been. Uh, Mad Mark Madden thinks they're going to drop off a little bit as the year goes on. Maybe he might be right. But uh, right now, for sure, I would definitely say Detroit and Anaheim are, are my two biggest uh, shockers of the year. And who knows, you know, I mean, the Detroit, you know, and and I know I keep railing Frank, but like, you know, them getting, you know, Alex in the Delkovich, that was a huge thing for Detroit. Um, I was shocked that Carolina was so quick to get rid of him too. Um, you know, I know maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe they, they just didn't fully believe he could be the guy that carries the flag for the hurricanes, but I was shocked that they got rid of him after, uh, what he had done in the playoffs there for a little bit there. So um, their loss is Detroit's gain. And then obviously Carolina's not hurting because they lost Hamilton and the Dukovic and they're the, the, the cream of the crop in the, in the metros. So uh, stay tuned, guys. Like I said, more hockey coming your way the rest of the year. Turner's going to give you a hell of a lot more of it now that AEW is moving to TBS. So uh, um, that's my favorite crew too, Frank, that TNT crew. Uh, with, with Biz and, and, and the talk and, and Anson Carter. And they've slipped a couple other guys in there too, but they um Colby has slipped in there. I think was it Colby in there before there? He did like one thing with them too. So um no, I mean I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, what the NHL is gonna bring here in the uh push and obviously the trade deadline. Um uh so yeah, that's all I have there for you. And uh I guess um anything else. I guess we we're gonna talk about the Olympics a little bit. I know you kind of pushed that more towards hockey. Um but anything you're looking forward to other than hockey in the winter Olympics? No, yeah, since since hockey's dropped out, uh, the Winter Olympics has lost a lot of its cachet. I'll be a, a casual viewer of uh you know, some of the downhill skiing. Um the the women's hockey'll be something to look for because Canada yeah. and US Canada and US have a good rivalry there. Um and uh you know, some of the sports are fu- kind of fun to kind of unique and fun to watch is the curling. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the speed skating, the figure skating um, is always one of the bigger events. Um, uh, 
My my yeah. athletes like they don't like compete anymore. Like I was a big like Bodie Miller guy, you know, Donald yeah. Skiing and Apollo Antonono, the speed. Like those guys kind of gone by the wayside now. They don't really compete anymore. Right. So. There's not a lot of names you recognize. So yeah, it's, that's true. Even like on the women's side, I don't know if like Lindsey Vaughn's even still around. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know if like um, Sean still, White for the snowboarding. Yeah, Sean White. Not sure if he's going to be around for that. Um, but yeah, there'll there'll be some fun stuff to just you know tune into. But I was definitely going to be dialed into the hockey. But but no, Bronson. At least we do have an international flavor um, with this World Junior Championship, and that's what I want to just end on here yeah. uh, with ho- with hockey talk. Um, it gets underway today. Uh, we're recording December twenty sixth, um, and the you know the World Junior Championships are in Edmonton and Red Deer, Alberta uh, this year. <coughs> the Team USA last year. You know, Bronson and I watched it. We 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 chronicled it. Um, big big gold medal for Team USA um, last year held in Canada. You know, they kind of won it on their home soil um, against a highly favored Canadian team that came into the gold medal game. Um, you know, with like a seven and zero tournament record, never trailed. Um, but a confident Team USA led by Trevor Zegras, who kind of had had a lot of swagger in in that that in interviews and in in, in pregame stuff. They they kind of thought they they did they weren't over, they weren't scared of Team Canada. Got that big gold medal last year. The group comes in this year. I think you know the, the favorite is always is Canada, but the U.S. is right there. Those two teams maybe on a collision course again uh, to meet in the gold medal game. They're in different groups this year, so. Um, they they will not meet until the medal round until the until the you know, single elimination uh, quarter final, um, so they might not meet till the quarters or the semis or potentially the gold medal match, but um, no, lot six guys returning for the U.S. and a lot of new blood, uh, including local boy from West Mifflin, uh, potential first round pick in 2022, Logan Cooley, um, a guy that's come up in the Pittsburgh system, um, you know, and it has been kind of born and raised in Pittsburgh hockey. He hasn't gone to, you know, any of the academies or uh, yeah. things like that. I think he might be in the development program now, but uh, played yeah. for, I think I want to say the Phantoms. I could be wrong. I don't know the name of the team that he came up with. Um, I know Steven was the Hornets. I think it might be like the Pittsburgh Phantoms now or something, but yeah, came up, came up around this area Um Interviewed him on NHL Network the other day. Really cool. Interesting note. He said he grew up a Capitals fan. I'm not sure how that happened. I didn't hear the whole interview, but but not a Penguins fan. He's a Caps fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> growing up in Pittsburgh, being a Caps fan, that's kind of crazy. But um, he did say that Crosby uh, it would be like his uh, you know ultimate like bucket list to meet Sidney Crosby. So I'm sure he'll meet him as they you know play together in the league someday. But I'm sure he'll meet him around the draft. But um, you know, it got underway today. The first game, uh, Finland got out of the gates. They're a team that could sneak up on you. Um, they've 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 meddled before in this tournament. Um, small nation, but a hockey rich nation. Um, Penguins have Joel Blomquist, um, I believe, yep. starting starting in net for them. So so look out for some Penguin prospects. Um, and then you have uh, they they took out Germany three one today in the tournament opener. Um, and then a big, big first day matchup with Sweden, Russia, um, and the Russians are a team that's uh, looking to medal this year. And they have 2023 top prospect um, Matvey Mikov, Mishkov, um, the next great Russian um, to follow in the fo- the footsteps of 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 Malkin, Ovechkin, 
Panarin, Kucherov. Um, he's kind of the next great Russian that's supposed to come along. So Sechnikov. Um, and uh, so that's that's kind of the um, – and then for Canada, um, very rare to see a 16-year-old play in this tournament, but Connor Bedard has, has made the squad, yep. a, guy that, a guy that we talked about with exceptional status, status where he was permitted into the, the, the Canadian Hockey League out there in the Western Hockey League of Regina um, at, at age 15. Um, and then another guy with exceptional status, Shane Wright, from the uh, Kingston Frontenacs. Um, you'll see these guys with the full cage on because they're under 18 um, in this tournament. If you're wondering that, that some guys, if they're if they're 17 or 16, have to wear the full cage or a full shield. Um, so you'll see that. But already an impact. Uh, Team Canada had their first game against the Czech Republic and kind of escaped. It was 3-3 after one. Um, Dylan Garand, um, the, your guy, Sebastian Kosa, did not get the nod. Uh D- Dylan Garand is the starter for Canada. We'll probably see Kosa get uh, two or three games here in the round robin, though, yeah. and uh, and see who they'll play the hot hand. So Sebastian Kosa might still uh, be in the running to 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 lead the way for Canada because Dylan Garand allowed three today, but Canada Canada took advantage of a huge two man advantage. Owen Power scored a couple and ended up with a hat trick. Uh, on the five on three, the number one pick from last year's draft in University of Michigan product, Owen Power leading leading the way for Team Canada. Um, but yeah, Shane Wright, um, Dylan Gunther, Mason McTavish looking good. Um, the, the, he actually got a cup of coffee with the Anaheim Ducks this year on the ten day tryout yep. before before being sent back to junior. Promising career with those young Anaheim Ducks. Gosh, with Zegris and Terry. Um, look out for that team. They're going to be good for a decade. But um, but no, th- this tournament is exciting, Bronson. You see the youthful exuberance playing for your country. These guys want to win gold in the in the World Juniors. It's it's huge in Canada. Now it's becoming huge for the U.S. Um, as they try to defend their gold. I'm going to be dialed in. NHL Network has every game, which is kind of cool for the U.S. Now, like we used to not get coverage of this. Um, you'd have to try to find like a, a, a streaming link to, to get like the TSN feed or sometimes that like early on in the NHL network, um, they would, they would like patch in the, uh, the, the TSN feed, um, which, but now like they, they're covering every game. Um, so you might get catch a game or two before, but now you're good to see every game, um, and I like to follow the prospects, as I know Bronson does. You get all those magazines and and look at the prospects. There's just a ton of prospects in this. The guys you're going to see in the NHL next year, um, even like later in this season, uh, potentially uh, making an impact. So root for the USA. I, I even root for Canada um, as our North American uh, neighbors. Um, if it can't be the U.S., I, I like to see Team Canada do, do good. Um, and, and the Penguins have three guys in this tournament. I uh, I wish it were more, but you know the cupboards are kind of bare. Um, two of them are goalies, uh, Yoel Blomquist and Callie Klang uh, f- for Finland and Sweden. And then I believe it, it's a Russian. Um, I think his name is Kirill Tarasov. Kirill Tankov. Uh, Tankov, yeah. yeah. So one Russian for the Penguins there. Um, it's going to be an exciting tournament. They have a round robin. So the groups, there's two groups of five. Um, so you'll play the other four teams once. So the round robin, um, is, is, is four games. Um, and after that, um, the, the top four teams in each group 
will advance it will advance to a final eight quarter final. So only one team gets eliminated from each group um, after the round robin, and then they'll go to a single elimination. You know, round of eight, semifinal, and then and then final gold medal game. Um, so that that's going to take place over the next two weeks. It's going to be a week of round robin, and then next week will be the quarters, um, semis, and gold medal game. So that'll be next weekend. Um, so by the time we have another episode, if we we might take a week off, um, we'll we'll recap uh, what happens in the in the gold medal game. So exciting, Bronson! I know you like this tournament too. Um, like I said, I'm playing it on NHL 22 because I I kind of had to. <laughs> I downloaded the the, the fake roster, the, thankfully, and um, I'm I'm playing along with it. It's kind of fun. So, um, yeah, excited to watch that. I got it on now in the background. Uh, Team USA started tonight. They're up two nothing after one. Um, Logan Cooley set up. Um, I forget who got the first goal, but Logan Cooley with a great pass, and uh, and then they got a, another power play goal late. So they're up two nothing, off and running against Slovakia. So, uh, yeah, let, let me know your thoughts on this, Bronson, and if you're going to be tuning in this this uh, this oh, coming. Oh, no question. I'm going to be tuning in. I just haven't this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually jump in a little bit later to the party, you know, with football going on and things like that. Um, I haven't I, I haven't been as invested in it in the last couple of years as I have in years past, you know, my younger self. And it's funny you mentioned that, you know, NHL Network covered this, and I think we might have covered this on last year's show as well. But I was rolling to the World Junior Championships even in the early 2000s uh, when you couldn't really get it on TV. And it's funny, yeah. um, <laughs> a shout-out to Jordan Belts. Uh, he graduated a year before we did, Frank, and he's an attorney in New York now. And uh, him and I still stay in decent contact. But when we were in high school, uh, he his uncle had, like, satellite TV or whatever and was able to get the 2003 World Junior Championship between U.S. and Canada. And like he record, he got it on tape, and then he watched it, and then he let, he gave it to me in the cafeteria at lunch, and then I borrowed it, and, <laughs> and that was the that was the infamous Mark Andre Fleury puck gave off of a uh, Braden Coburn. Uh, yeah, uh, Max Talbot was in that game. Sid was in that game. Uh, Sid was yet to be, you know, obviously before he became a Penguin in the draft. But yeah, I remember seeing that it was a TSN feed. Uh, uh, I don't know how Jordan was able to get it for for us, but he did, and. Uh, yeah, I remember. I, I dubbed the tape. I remember that. I I wish I still had that tape because I, I went over to a friend's house and dubbed it. So I had it myself. Uh-huh. And I don't know what happened to that VHS. I wish I still had it. And I'm sure you probably watch it on YouTube now. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But no, that was a fun story. So shout out to Jordan Belts. I hope he, it will hit him and his family have a good Christmas because he was one of the guys that uh, the old EC Cube uh, crew, you know, you were part of yeah. that too. Yeah. With Ryan Schaefer and Stroh and uh, John Paul Weimer and and so many uh, guys in that group that we go to all the, you know, the Penguin games. You were mentioning Logan Cooley, you know, him being a captain. That's what made it so funny. But um, actually his junior team or not junior team, but his developmental team was actually, even though he was a, a, a Caps fan, it was the Penn's elite league, Frank. And you're going to okay. see this a lot more, especially now, because in the past, like you said, John Z and those guys, you know, the, you know, shout out to a good friend of mine, Matt Ponteray. He was yeah. a, a big OHL prospect, and and uh, he played for the Predators too. And before he played for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, fun fact, Frank, he played on the team with Tyler Kennedy. Yep, I knew that. Yep. But um, uh, you know the the um, I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> the the Hornets was the top premier, you know, Pittsburgh developmental team, 
And then, you know, that program went away, you know, because that was down at the Island Sports Center. And then you, I, think, I think you still have the Aviators and you still have a couple other other teams as well. And then you have the younger kids, you know, like, you know, the Beaver County Badgers and the Lawrence County Lightning and, and those other programs, smaller programs too. But then, you you know, I think the Penguins realized with, with, the, with the Hornets shutting down that they wanted to get in on the, the developmental pie. You know, a lot of other NHL teams do this as well. Uh, they want to be part of that grassroots and be a part of that that developmental. So then when the Penguins built the UPMC uh, Lemieux Sports Complex in Cranberry, that was kind of when the Penn's Elite thing took off. And and now the Penguins funnel all of that through their organization on their practice center with their hired coaches. You know, so now these kids, Frank, you know, you know, 10, you know, 10 years ago, whatever, when you were John Z and Ponzi, you know, you know, they're they're being coached on the Hornets by you know a couple guys, you know, maybe like your Troy Loney's or your, you know, or your you know, uh, uh, Phil Borks or whoever. But now you're getting the Penn's elite teams, and you get you know like you're getting coached by a guy like Mark Recchi or things like you know, I mean, you know you're you're getting the Penguins are controlling that that youth, that grassroots program. So now you're going to start seeing a lot of guys in the in the kid from that was drafted by Toronto. He went through the Penguins elite group. You know what I mean? So the Penguins League group is going to be huge. It's going to be huge in terms of, of, of turning guys out. And now they have that building Cranberry. They're building hotels around it. They're really making that a, a, a mecca center, you know, for young for young hockey players. And and I think, you know, guys, you know, uh, the kid's name's Ty. He plays on Toronto, one that was drafted this past year. And uh, and Cooley, those, are, those guys are only going to be the start of this, Frankie. This is going to keep happening years and years and years and years. And, uh, and these, these are going to be guys that are going to be in our backyard, you know, in Cranberry, you know, from, you know, where, where we, you know, you're from where I live here in Elwood, you know, about 20 minutes away. So um, just a hats off of the developmental program of the Penguins. And obviously Mario started it when he, you know, the big boy started it when he came here in 84 and made people want to pick up a hockey stick and start playing hockey. And, and obviously the early 2000s, you know, hockey took a little bit of a downturn with the lack of success of the Penguins and whether the team was going to stay here. But obviously with Crosby and Malkin and Latang and Flurry during the heyday and uh, you know, that that love of hockey has, has has never went away, but it's grown so much since then. Um and now you have you know, you have your Penn's Elite programs, you have these other hockey programs that I just mentioned, and uh and it, it just goes to show that, you know, it it's the, the barriers of entry are still high, but they're not as as uh impossible as they were maybe maybe five 10 15 years ago especially what usa hockey has done um you know you're seeing this a lot more you see a lot of guy you know you know american players first overall american players and you know that u.s under 18 developmental program you know johnsy was a part of that you know and now the ushl helps a lot you know and just so many programs the north american hockey league you know just so many of the leagues i haven't mentioned um Neutral Zone, that that scouting service, I I follow them on Twitter. That's uh, he- headed up by uh, former Penguin Ian Moran. Um, just guys that really, you know, are just helping youth hockey and and, and uh, you know, yeah, Ian Moran's going to the rinks around the world, you know, the country, just you know, finding guys and scouting guys and and and, and him and his staff, and it's it's just a tremendous time for hockey and and for for you know, if you want to pick up a stick and play hockey, um. You know the you know like I said the barriers to entry are still tough and it's, they're still there but there are some ways you you, you know, I don't want to say cut corners because that that implies that you're not working hard and and I think everyone that wants to play hockey works hard but uh, the the road to the NHL it, you know maybe isn't as hard as you think if you have the talent and they're willing to put the work in because certainly now in Cranberry we have we have pro hockey level coaching and talent 
and, and the and the you know the youth leagues and things like that. So um Cooley's gonna be, you know, one of many, one of many that you know in the future that we're gonna see. They're gonna they're gonna Pittsburgh area players are gonna they're gonna be playing in the National Hockey League and and I can't wait to see who comes through next. You know, uh you know my friend's kid plays there, you know. Um so you know he plays on the Penn's elite team. So you know, it's, you know, great to see you know someone like him possibly play. You know, if he if he makes hockey a part of his life. So, so Cooley's Cooley and you know Cooley and and, and the kid you know the kid that was drafted by Toronto and and Johnsy and all these other guys are just they're just the you know they're the start. You know, your your Brandon Sods, you know, um, your John Gibsons. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, they're just the start of it, Frankie, and it's going to keep going. That's funny. It makes me think. I was watching like before pre-tournament. Um, they were showing the 2013 final um, where U.S. won gold, and uh, that team had four Pittsburghers on it, um, which I don't remember hearing about. Um, it had John Gibson, it had Vinny Trocheck, um, yeah, R- Riley Barber, and J.T. Miller, who's kind of East Palestine, Ohio, but considered Pittsburgh. Yeah, out out there near Chippewa. Uh, kind of near where Bronson and I are from, but he uh, played the Pittsburgh system, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that team had four Pittsburghers. Um, and we've seen a lot of guys from Pittsburgh, you know, like you said, the the guys that paved the way were Ryan Malone and Matt Bartkowski. Um, gosh, your Bill shit. Thomas's, your John Zeilers, your yeah. George Peros's, right, right. Um, yeah. and now we're seeing a, a, an, an influx because, of course, you know, the popularity of the team winning three cups, kids growing up watching Sid. It used to be, you know, those guys grew up watching Mario. Yeah, you know, this is this is the group growing up that, uh, you know, Sid, Mario saved the Penguins, but so did Sid. Um, you know, drafting, being able to draft Sid kind of saved them in 08, 09 when they were, you know, before getting uh, Consol built. Um, you know, they, they were, they were on the brink again and, and, you know, be get, drafting Sid and getting good again and, and getting ticket revenue and, and going on a couple cup runs there in 08, 09 helped save them a second time. Um, but, uh, yeah, exciting to see the youth, uh, in this area and, uh, and, and then just in general, uh, with team USA starting to compete with the world, uh, compete with Canada. Um, great things to come for the NHL for, for many decades now. So yeah, excited for that tournament. Bronson will be, uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on it, but, uh, one last topic for the evening and, uh, it's going to be the Chick-fil-A peach bowl. Um, it's going to take place on Thursday, the 30th. So, um, hopefully if you get the chance to listen to this before then, um, we'll, 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 it's our pit Panthers taking on Michigan state, um, unfortunately, the best players on both teams are going to opt out. Um, we we made that announcement on a live episode uh, with the when it broke. Kenny Pickett will start to focus on the draft, and I don't blame him. Uh, nothing really he can gain by playing in this game. Um, as you were saying, projected to go early first round, which is pretty awesome for Pitt. Um, great for recruiting. Um, good 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 for the Pitt brand to to show another top draft pick as we've had many with Darrell Rivas and Aaron Donald and even Jonathan Baldwin and, you know, a lot of great pit guys that are in the NFL now. Shady. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy, uh, so picket, picket factor figures to go in the top 15, maybe top 10, be the number one quarterback taken really exciting. Um, but he'll sit out. So Nick Patty gets the nod. Um, I think we talked about the transfer, the big transfer, the USC quarterback Keaton Slovis will be coming to pit next year. I'm a highly recruited four star. 
um, out of the state of Arizona to compete. Now he's not going to be named starter. Um, he'll have to compete with Nick Patty, Davis Bevel, and Joey Yellen. Um, Joey Yellen, a guy from 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 the Southern California area, uh, transferred via Arizona State, thought that he might kind of be given the reins as a four star recruit a couple years ago. Um, Davis Bevel was a highly recruited guy out of the state of South Carolina, but uh, Nick Patty has been Kenny Pickett's backup for the last couple of years. Um, you've seen him come in and play the Delaware game um, and play a couple other games where Pickett had gotten hurt. So he is named starter for the Peach Bowl. Um, I expect him to be prepared and ready. Um, Pickett made the announcement early enough where Patty can you know, get the first team reps and prepare the game plan. Um, Kenneth Walker III, um, one of the Heisman uh, hopefuls and top rushers in the nation, won't play for Michigan State. So that kind of maybe even things out a little bit. Um, although Pickett being the quarterback kind of hurts Pitt more. Um, but like I said, I think Narduzzi, um, everybody will prepare Patty, um, have a good game plan. He's got the Blitnikoff winner, Addison, playing in this game. Um, I believe Pitt's probably an underdog with Pickett sitting out, but hopefully they can come up big and win the Peach Bowl, finish 11 or 12 and 2. Um, so if you can imagine. Uh, a pit team winning 12 games, um, really uncharted territory the last four decades. And we've kind of gone through all, all the pain and heartache. And, you know, after the ACC championship game, win, we kind of exercised all those demons and, you know, Pitt's finally a, a top tier program again, top 15, they're ranked 12th going into this game, um, with a win, but can probably finish in the single digits, which would just be outstanding to be ranked eighth or ninth, um, so I really hope they do win because if you lose, you kind of it's kind of forgotten and you finish 17th or 18th and, you know, you, you, you have that ACC crown to, to look back on. But a Peach Bowl title um, will, will sound really great. It's a New Year's Six Bowl game, which I thought when that whole system came out of calling them New Year's Six Bowl games that, that uh, we'd ever see Pitt in one. <clears throat> well, pretty early on in the in the format, Pitt's in one. And uh, they're taking on a, you know, a top dog from the uh, Big Ten, Michigan State, a perennial top 10, 15 team. You know, no, they're not Ohio State or Michigan, but still a lot of cachet with that program. Big matchup. Um, I'm excited for it. I don't know what to expect. Uh, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy the pregame and I'm going to enjoy the big stadium and the end zone painted as pit and, you know, just all the all the fanfare that goes with, with playing in a big bowl game like this. It's been a while for Pitt. Uh, it's been since the 05 Fiesta Bowl, since they've had a BCS slash New Year's Six Bowl game um, with national exposure. And uh, just sit back and enjoy it on Thursday night, the 30th. Uh, I do work this week. Uh, I'll be working Friday, so that kind of stinks. But it's uh, hopefully, uh, I think it's going to be a slow holiday week again as we next, now we head towards New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, so I have a four-day weekend next weekend to watch a lot of college football. So all the other bowl games that are going to be taking place on New Year's Eve, including the college football playoff, the two big matchups, I'll be excited to watch. And uh, and then New Year's Day, a bunch of bowl games as well. So now I'm excited for the pit bowl game, the Peach Bowl. I don't have many X's and O's to really go over. Just the fact that uh, you're not going to see Kenny Pickett. Um, see what Nick Patty can do. It's his audition. Um, and possibly um, they'll probably dress Yellen and Bevel 
Uh, Slovis is not able to play, of course, yet because he's still technically with USC's roster this year, but he'll be eligible next year. Um, no sit out rules right now with COVID transfer policies. So Keaton Slovis will be eligible next year, and he is the odds on favorite to take over the reins. Um, Bronson, the inside information on him, just to go back to Slovis, is um, two two factors helped Pitt be the number one you know pick for um, one of the top transfer quarterbacks, Slovis. Um, he has an NIL deal, uh, the new name, image, and likeness where college players can make money. He has a deal with American Eagle. And they, of course, are headquartered right across the street from the Southside facility Pitt practices at. Yep. So I imagine, and that's right down Bates Street, right down the hill from Pitt's campus in Oakland. Um, and I, I used to work over in that area right near the Hot Metal Bridge. Um, and my wife still does. That's where I met my wife, Katie. Um, so um, I have a prediction. They used, they built really nice luxury apartments right over there, right on the south side by the UPMC uh, Steelers and Pitt facility and right by American Eagle there. I bet you Slovis has already got a lease on an apartment there. Um, a, a little gig to go over to the American Eagle headquarters and do his social media influencing, uh, which he which, which he does like uh, advertising for American Eagle. And then the second factor is his girlfriend is a pit soccer player. Um, I forget her name, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. she she so she was probably like, hey, you know, come come be with me. I know it's across the country because neither of them are from Pittsburgh. I don't know how she ended up here on our soccer team. But that was a, you know, thanks to her for kind of convincing your her boyfriend to come help out the pit program there. So hopefully there might not be a we, we thought there might be like a little bit of a downturn because, uh, you know, rebuilding the quarterback position. But for the next two years, um, we, we are going to have the services of Slovis while Narduzzi and company try to recruit, uh, you know, the next guy after him. But. Who knows? They might just end up going transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal um, instead of recruiting quarterbacks. It's the kind of the new thing. It's like college free agency. Love it or yeah. hate it. Love it or hate it. A lot of people don't like it. I think they do need to go back to the sitting out a year rule because like to go right away and get being able to play is kind of crazy. Um, and, and after COVID slows down, maybe they do go back to tr- traditional rules. But because um, it, it is kind of unfair for a guy like Patty who was or was finally going to maybe get the starting nod next year and, and would have if Slovis had to sit out, but Slovis right away is going to be right, right in there for the, for the gig. And I, you know, I don't care. I'm voting for Slovis. I like the, you know, Nick Patty, sorry to say, um, if Slovis is the four star stud recruit out of high school and has USC uh, pedigree, if he was good enough to go to USC, um, you know, and and Bronson, I texted Bronson and you said, I hope he's not the next Max Brown because that was the same kind of thing. Uh, Pitt yeah. via Pitt via USC, but Max Brown. I mean, he and, and, you know it's hard to say because he got injured early on in his Pitt tenure. But he was kind of a statue. He was kind of a slow, uh, big time pocket passer. Slovis is kind of a guy that can get out of the pocket and move. He he's kind of a lot like Pickett, um, and has a you know has a has a great arm talent. Um, all the all the scouts were just drooling over him out of high school. Could have could have could have went to any school that he wanted to. Was you know was getting looks from all the big schools. So for him to pick Pitt's really cool. The American Eagle and girlfriend thing helped, but also having Bolitnikov winner Addison having having the, being in Kenny Pickett's shoes, where like you can kind of see that you know oh look I'm going I'm I'm going to follow the f- same footsteps as Pickett. 
Um, it's kind of all these things are coups for the pit program to kind of stay in national prominence. So, yeah, excited for that transfer, excited for the Peach Bowl on Thursday. Um, it's really a fun time to be a pit football fan. Um, Bronson didn't let me jump off the wagon, you know, after Western Michigan, I was, I was admittedly like saying fire everybody. This is an embarrassment, but pit righted the ship and won like 10 out of their last 11. Um, only the Miami slip up and, uh, have, have really put together a good season. So I know you're excited for the bowl game and excited for pit football as, as you're a fan too. So, um, just, uh, your thoughts on everything that I kind of laid out there and, and then you can go into if you wanted to go into if you had a final thought. I don't tonight. This is kind of my final thought. So if you have one, uh, the floor is is yours. No, 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 no. And you 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 so eloquently you know previewed the 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 Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Um, you mentioned Pickett's not going to play. Obviously, we we covered that the last show. Um, but he'll actually beat the game. He'll have a headset, so I assume oh, we'll probably cool. have some. He'll have some input probably on the offense or something, uh-huh. and at least a guy for for Nick for Nick Patty to kind of lean on and talk to. So I'm sure he will be valuable even in that asset. Excuse me, of being on the sidelines of the headset, being able to hear the plays being called and stuff. So uh, you got to give big ups to Kenny Pickett for even doing that too. You know, because he could have just chilled chilled at his house in Jersey and just uh, yeah. you know watched from home. But no, he uh, he's still a pick guy, even though he's not going to play in the game. And I and no no for, I, you know. We don't follow him at all for that. Um, Taysir Mac also opted out, Frankie. Um, mm. So they will be without yeah. Taysir Mac as well, as he will also be uh, looking for NFL glory here this uh, upcoming spring. So he uh, opted out of the game as well, too. So no Taysir Mac for Pitt. Um, but obviously, uh, Jordan Addison will still be playing. Uh, so he's, he's a big uh, target for Nick Patty to throw to. Uh, Slovich, I mean, you mentioned everything there, Frank, and my concerns and everything. So, really, don't need to go into that. But I hope I hope he's everything as advertised and more. And, and like you said, you know, maybe there's not a rebuild at the quarterback position. You know, Slovich is a chance to kind of step in there and, and be the man. And I hope I hope he does become just that. So, um, as you mentioned, you know, I, I, like I said, there the year I I talked you off the ledge there of, 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 <laughs> of taking the dive there, and I'm glad I'm glad I did. Uh, you know, like you said they had the hiccup against Western Michigan, the hiccup against Miami. Um, I'm still don't know if I'm really much of an Arduzzi guy. I know they had a good year this year, but I do feel like he's gotten way too. He has too much. Uh, I don't want to say arrogance. I don't think and maybe it is arrogance to a point, but and, and maybe it's good to have that. But you know, when when um, you know, maybe stay out of the the media in, in terms of saying some of the things I know. Even at the Heisman thing, he was laughing that he didn't think that. Uh, uh, the Hutchinson could bring down Pickett on a sack or whatever. And easy talk from a guy, you know, Pitt's not going to play Michigan. So, you know, how, you know, how do you know that? But, but no, I'm not trying to be negative though, but no, excited, excited for this. I'm definitely going to watch the game. Excited about that. Ex- excited for the college football playoff, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, on, that, on the next episode in, in 2022. And uh, no, just, you know, that's what we have to look forward to. And we'll see, we'll see where Pitt goes from there. And, uh, I mean, I'd like to see them win. I don't think it's I don't think it's a travesty if they don't win the Peach Bowl. Uh, I would like for them to win, but if they don't, you know, it's, it'll be sad. But it's not like you know, I'm I'm not going to deem it as a failed season if they lose. But I certainly would like to see them win. And obviously, like you said, we're we're going to get a, uh, a nice look at Nick Patty. So we'll see, we'll see how the game goes. I saw you know I saw the stadium where they're playing at, and I thought they really hyped the entire stadium. I was like, wow, they really are like making this uh, a Pit Panther facility. But I forgot Georgia State's 
team is the Panthers. <laughs> that, so that's funny. Yeah, and it's it's like navy blue or whatever blue, whatever that's where it is. They're practicing, so it does, yeah. yeah, it does look like a, a, like a pit home stadium. So uh, we'll see. You know, they call the Narduzzi Bowl too, since he's you know former assistant at Michigan State. So we'll see where that goes, Frankie. And they said you previewed it tremendous, and um, uh, stay tuned. And I'm sure we'll have reaction from uh, uh, the Peach Bowl. Um, Wrap it up, Frankie. I didn't have any any uh, last. Uh, th- oh, I did want to mention one thing before we go off the air, mm-hmm. um, real quick. And then uh, I want to get in. I want to make some maybe 2022 maybe bold predictions or yeah, something. Yeah, that's that, right. That'll be fun. I like to do that at the end of the year here. Um, uh, so a lot of shows on TV now. You know the sports shows, Frank. A lot of the sports radio shows have gone and gone. You know, simulcast where they're on you know, TV as well as radio. Howard Stern was probably the guy to really start that doing that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just radio period, you know, TV and radio simultaneously. And some sports shows have done that too. And I think, I think Mike and Mike was the first to do it. Um, but I say around, I think it was around two, it was 2009. And it's funny. Cause I remember the, this day vividly. It was, uh, believe it or not, it was like the first or second day of Steeler camp. Uh, Mr. Schaefer, Ryan Schaefer was coming to pick, pick me up. The this is either the first or second year of the Latrobe crew, mm-hmm. rolling the Latrobe to uh, watch Steeler camp, and I direct TV and there was a show the Dan Patrick show and I'm like oh I remember that, ESPN had that Dan Patrick's an ESPN employee, and sure enough I found out that Dan Patrick wasn't on ESPN anymore which kind of threw me for a loop, and he was doing this simulcast like sports show on this you know satellite direct TV channel and I'm like this is kind of a cool premise and his man you know the studio looked like a big like you know sports like. You know, sports like memorabilia, like you know, shack to put things in. Mm-hmm. That's kind of kind of modeled my room after that to, to an extent. And and I, you know, I was like, this could really catch on if it got to the right audience. And it was on, ironically, a network called the Audience Network on Directv. And sure enough, like the Dan Patrick Show became one of the bigger, you know, nationally syndicated radio simulcast shows. Like other than Mike and Mike, it was right there. And if it wasn't for Dan Patrick, you know, then you had, you know. Uh, Nick DiPaolo and Artie Lang, the comedians, tried their sports show, which didn't last very long due to, you know, internal you know, conflicts between those two. But then you had the Rich Eisen show, and now you have other shows. You know, Colin Coward had kind of been around there. I don't know if he was doing simulcast around that time too, but you know, Colin Coward was around that time, and Rich Eisen. It said, you know, Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio, and Mike and the Mad Dog was doing it. You know, they started doing the Yes Network. And I feel like Dan Patrick and like Mike and Mike and the herd were kind of like the first, you know, group of people to really get the simulcast thing going. And now it's everywhere, Frank. You know, yep. the herd went that allowed, you know, Colin Coward to get that big deal with Fox Sports. And, you know, Pat McAfee show is probably one of the most popular shows yeah. ever. It's on bar YouTube. Stool. And, yeah, you know, Barstool, et cetera, et cetera. But Dan Patrick is one of the first people to kind of get that going. And his show's been awesome, Frank. I've been uh, a loyal a watcher of his show, you know, since it debuted in that, that 2009 year on DirecTV and the simulcast full. I've tried to watch every episode, you know, with school and work and life. It, you know, that wasn't a realistic thing, but I try to watch every day. And so Dan Patrick was probably the first guy that incorporated his producers on the show. Where like the producers had a chance to be part of the show. Stern yeah. was the first guy to ever do it, you know, Baba Booey and Artie Lang and right, Robin right. and, and right. you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But Dan Patrick did it and he had what he uh, Richie Miller called the Danettes. Polly, uh, yeah. you know, Polly, Fritzy, Seaton, McLovin, you know the group. Uh-huh. Well, it was announced beginning in December, Frank. You know, McLovin was the funniest guy, Andrew Perloff. He worked for Sports Illustrated, NFL contributor, blogger for the Dan Patrick show. Mm-hmm. It was announced in December that actually he's leaving. 
uh, effective December 23rd, uh, which was, you know, a few days ago. Uh, he's no longer a member of the Dan Patrick show. He left. Um, and uh, starting in 2022, he's going to be on a show on, on CBS radio in the afternoon with Maggie Gray. And she's been part of a bunch of incarnations of a CBS radio WFAN afternoon drive show. One with like Bart Scott, one with like with Tiki Barber and like none of them ever really stuck. So I think I got like McLovin and obviously Frank, the way you're nodding, you kind of know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Andrew Perloff. I feel like him in this role is going to be really funny because we, we've seen him on the Dan Patrick show be goofy and funny. And and he would probably love this show that we're doing. He's a, he seems like a bit, he's a big sports nerd. So um, the show with him and Maggie Gray should be good. I'm definitely going to check it out. I hope you guys do too. If you're a, a Dan Patrick show fan and like McLovin and all the goofy stuff he did on the show there, but the guy's tremendous football uh, knowledge and, He's one of those hot take guys, but in a, in, a, in a genuine, funny way. And I think giving him a, a platform uh, like CBS Radio on an even more national level will be good for him. So good luck to Andrew McLovin Perloff. Uh, you know, what, thanks for the memories of, you know, me being a, a diehard uh, fan of that of the Dan Patrick show. And hopefully this this new gig for him works. And I'm excited to see. And I'm definitely going to drop in to see how good the show is now that he'll have a lot more airtime and things like that. And the 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 final Dan Patrick show before the Christmas break was uh, emotional. They you know video tributes to him and and thanking him and even said without Dan Patrick he would have never even been in this position. So happy for McLovin and uh, and looking forward to see where that goes. But uh, that's really my my last thought there. Um, no hockey to talk about, no wrestling to talk about. <laughs> so I mean they're there, but just not not a whole lot there. But um, we'll end the show Frank with our little 2022 predictions. Maybe we'll pick a sport, maybe, you know, even if you want to go uh, a hot take or something that maybe we don't know it's going to have. When we reconvene at this in this time of point in 2022, what has happened, what's going to happen? Um, maybe give you some time to think about it. Uh, maybe pick a, pick, each pick a sport, you know, and I'll, I'll go football, hockey, basketball, something that will happen by the time we get back uh, around this time one year later. And I'll write it down. Maybe we'll, we'll keep them. Let's see. If indeed it did happen. So just one thing, one statement. I, I don't think that's hard to, to ask you to, to come up with. Uh, it could be, I mean, I'd like for it to be like a little bit of a hot take, but if it's something that's that's obvious or whatever, uh, we'll go with it. Let's start with football. What do you think? When we meet back here in one year, what will have happened in the NFL that we're not seeing? Ah, oh, boy. I got to take a second to think. So. <laughs> 2022, big, big thing in the NFL. I am going to say that the Steelers sign a, a free agent quarterback. So, <laughs> like, a, a, like with a, with a decent name, I think this and this would sign be, a recognizable yes, free agent quarterback, like. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know if they'll draft the successor to Ben this year or if they'll look for a bridge guy kind of thing. But I think they, yeah, I think they kind of get like a, I don't know if it's going to be like a Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I'm hearing Derek Carr, um, Matt Ryan, one of those type of guys. Uh, you know, the Vikings plucked Kirk Cousins away from, from Washington. And that, you know, kind of in his lo- um, late 20s, early 30s. Um, the Steelers are going to have the cap room um, to do something like that and not have to worry about trying to draft the perfect guy like they tried to do with Rudolph. And now it's too late because Ben played too long. 
Um, maybe it's a guy like one of them guys I mentioned, um, Derek Carr or Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a little bit older, so that would be a real bridge kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, my prediction is the Steelers um, stay relevant and stay in contention um, by signing a quarterback. Obviously, you know the Steelers never make big signings. James Ferrier was probably the biggest ever in the yeah. Jerome in the Jerome Bettis trade. Those are like the only two offseason moves I can think of in the last two decades that that you know were recognizable. The Bettis trade and the Ferrier signing. Um, <laughs> so this year, I, I'm going to predict the Steelers make a free agent quarterback signing or trade. I guess maybe, but. Uh, that that's going to be mine, and I'm hope I hope that happens, but that's that's my fun one. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> what was yours going to be? That Ben Roethlisberger will be the opening day starting quarterback in 2022. <laughs> that's a hot take. <laughs> I think he's checked out. Really, I think he has. Uh, he don't want to play behind this line. He doesn't want to go through Claypool no, drama. He, he don't want to. Because here's what's going to happen. Here's what I think is going to happen. And this is I'm going to give this a caveat. If they win out their last two games, if they win out, they'll think that Ben's not the issue. And Ben will want to come back for one last ride. Yeah. And I think you say it. Ben Roethlisberger. The last dance. <laughs> the last dance. Get the DVDs ready. Well, thank I, I think if uh if if they end the year the way they uh, on a positive note, I think he'll want to come back. I think he'll want to think he can get one more year out of it. And I don't necessarily think he may end the year as a starting quarterback, but I think he'll want to give it a shot. So I definitely think that Ben Roethlisberger, so my my hot take is he starts the 2022 season as a Steelers starting quarterback. Although I did want to say one more thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I'm going to say. I'm going to say, we already mentioned earlier in the show, Kenny Pickett goes in the top 10. I don't know if he'll go number one overall, but Pickett's definitely going in the top 10. I was thinking about making mine. Kenny Pickett will be, you know, will start. (laughs) 16 or 17 games um and, and be like a rookie of the year candidate i was it was going to be something like a, something like that i really hope he goes to like a washington football team um yeah because because they're gonna rebrand and have like a new name next year start out with a, like a and i know heineke's actually pretty good and they they might still try to build around heineke but i don't even know if houston's a bad destination for him either yeah houston might not be bad either um I don't want him to go as many of my favorite players have to a team I hate, like Tyler Boyd. Um, somebody he won't wants go to, in the division. Not, not, no. not, not with our, not in our division. No, our, our, our division has a QB, so that's good. But no, no New England. They got Mac Jones. Um, <laughs> and so I really don't hate anybody except for our division in New England. So yeah. wherever Pickett goes, um, I forgot to say too, Russell Wilson would be an awesome Pittsburgh Steeler. As he maybe falls out of favor in Seattle, um, I would be so jacked up to get him. So it's part of my bold prediction. Yeah, a quarterback like we that. Put you into that sign a recognizable quarterback. Right. I put Ben Brothers is going to start the 2022 so. season. And I put Pickett goes top 10. Um, let's go hockey. What do you think is going to happen in hockey? Uh, I am going to make a uh, prediction that Wait, I, can I can. Can I go first? Yes, yes. That way I can steal your thunder if you actually say what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm going to go on a record and say that both Evgeny Malkin and Crystal Tang will not be Penguins next year. Uh, so you're sounding like kind of the Mark Madden take. Um, well, Madden wants Latang back. He thinks Latang will, Malkin won't. Um, 
No, because I, I don't. Th- I think I think I think the Penguins aren't going to trade either of them because they'll be in the thick of the playoff race. Yeah, I think I think they won't trade them and they'll lose them both for nothing. And I think this new management group and all this stuff. I don't think they're going to give Latang the money he wants. And I know, and I don't think he's going to take a hometown discount and stuff. I really hope you're wrong. I mean, I you might be right, but I hope they they both do stay for a for a hometown discount. And I hope Flurry comes back as a, like the backup. I'm I'm just a Yinzer. Like Flurry comes back at a hometown discount to split time with Jari, um, get the whole band back together. But no, that that could happen, and it might might you know might be a sad sad ending to an era. We might see Malkin finally get to a team where he can he can put on the captain C, um, and kind of be the guy, even though he's getting into his later thirties. Um, you look at like him possibly going to like a Calgary, or you know somebody that you know yeah they have Goudreau, but like. Just a, a team that hasn't had that dominant number one center, um, Nashville. Um, does he does he go to Seattle and make like become like the first big signing there offensively? Um, plenty of destinations I could see Malkin becoming a big time player. Um, Latang as well, um, as he might have five years left on uh, to go, uh, becoming a a number one defenseman and possibly a captain somewhere too. So. Um, no, I hope I hope you're wrong, but that's a that's probably a, a good take. My hockey one is not you're not stealing my thunder, um, and mine's a a, a a a grim view of things, but um, and and it's and and I, I'm kind of cheating because I was scrolling Facebook and saw that the Penguins and Maple Leafs has already been canceled on my birthday, um, so they're starting to cancel more games. My prediction is the NHL goes through a major pause because of COVID. Um, and uses the Olympic break to make up for it. Um, so I, I'm, I, I predict that the NHL might shut down until like after the World Juniors um, into January, um, uses the Olympic break to make up for it, um, and possibly has more shutdowns in like another summer, long summer of, of like delaying the playoffs. Um, the NHL, because of the Canadian border thing, has been one of the sports affected the most and Canada is shutting down more than the U S um, and they kind of run things, you know, NHL like league offices and stuff are like kind of run out of Canada and stuff. So I think they, this would be really bold. And I saw somebody take this take Bronson because I don't know how you would fairly do it. Um, I heard they might like have to like realign again and do a Canadian only division mid season. And how you would do that with point totals and making it fair. Um, in 1981, Major League Baseball had a midseason strike, and they actually had a first team division, a first half division champion, and a second half division champion. And the and those like division winners, half division winners, made up like the playoff bracket. It was a really weird season in '81. Um, if hockey has to do something like that, you might have to have like. Uh, a first half winner and a second half winner and some type of weird playoff format, but that's a logistical nightmare. But my prediction for hockey is that like more long COVID pauses and um, you know, that now that they have the Olympic break free that they might, they might sit out another week or two here. Um, So we'll see if that comes out to be true. They've already canceled penguins, Maple Leafs on, on Wednesday. So the Penguins aren't going to be back till Friday now if, 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 if it comes back. So let's hope I'm wrong again and we get hockey sooner than later. But 
I'm thinking I'm thinking with World Juniors on the stage right now, they might like opt to take another week to ten days off. Gotcha. At the very at the very least, they'll go another week to ten days, if not, you know, potentially the year. Yeah. Okay, let's do two two more. Okay, so the next one we're gonna do is baseball. And then this, the next one we'll do is just etc. Whatever whatever other sport bold prediction you have. So we'll go baseball bold prediction. And I'll let you lead off with this one. Baseball bowl prediction, um, you know, it's not bowl, but I'm going to say the lockout does end and we don't lose any games. Um, we don't lose any spring training games um, and, and we don't, you know, it, it ends up being. But I do think they revamped the CBA a little bit in this lockout. And I, I, I'm going to I predict that we get the DH in the National League Ooh. Um, this year, as early as this year. Um, I think we get. Um, and, and I predict um, a Subway Series, Yankees, Yankees Mets. <laughs> with, Subway Series. With Buck Show Walter leading in his first year. I Mets, saw that. The Mets to a World Series against the team that he got his first managerial shot with, the Yankees in 91. Yankees and the um, Mets. I would love that. So. I'm not a huge Francisco Lindor fan. Maybe he'll maybe he'll win me back. But when he was doing all that bashing the media, he wasn't ready for the New York media, and he started to bash them. And I liked him in Cleveland, but he had a terrible season and had no right to bash the media for bashing him. But Javi Baez is gone. I'm not a fan of him. That was a rental. He's in Detroit now. Yeah. They brought they brought in Max Scherzer. Um, yeah. A did some some sneaky moves like Mark Canna, um, so, and the big you know the but the, the getting Buck Show Walter I I don't think they're done as soon as the lockout's over maybe they look at like a Chris Bryant, um, and maybe look to improve the team more but um, so yeah I think the the Mets will have a shot and I think the Yankees they have now the Yankees have done nothing this off season. So this is why it's kind of bold. Everybody's looking at the Yankees as taking a step back. The Rays are still good. The Red Sox are there. The Blue Jays are everybody's pick. Um, it's a tough division. The Yankees have made no signings, but there's still some time left, and there's still some some big-name free agents out there. And then you have the July 31st trade deadline where they could go out and make a huge splash again and get a huge pitcher or a huge bat. So... Yeah, I think it'd be fun. It would be, you know, not quite 20 year anniversary, 20, 22 year anniversary of the 2000 uh, Subway Series. But Buckshow Walter, that would be just tremendous drama that the uh, the MLB and Rob Manfred would 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 love the big market uh, show Walter against the Yankees uh, Subway Series. So DH universal DH in a Subway Series. <laughs> I'm going two things in baseball, too. Number one, the Pittsburgh Pirates will once again lose 100-plus games. <laughs> Bronson Norman going out on a limb. <laughs> Another 100-plus loss season. That's the obvious one. Second one is, I think Shohei Otani takes a dip next year. But listen before you tell me that. <laughs> I think his batting stat, I think his batting numbers takes a little bit of a dip, but I think his pitching stats take a go up. Okay. I don't I don't think I don't think he'll I think his like in terms of like his home run numbers will decrease, but not by much. Like I don't think it'll be like drastic decrease. But his his batting numbers will go down, but his pitching numbers will go up. 
I kind of agree with that, Bronson. That to repeat what he did in 2021 is going to be hard to match. Um, historic level stuff. Um, for him to get close to 50 homers and 100 RBIs again is asking a lot. He would have to stay healthy again, which, you know, maybe there's going to be a nagging injury or two. I think his, his average will be better. Yeah, that's what he needs to work on because it dipped near like 250 or below. Yeah. Towards I think end. his average will be better, but his ribbies, his ribbies and home runs will decrease a little bit. He had a very cold September. Um, I really would have liked to see him get to 50 homers, and, and but he did get to the 100 RBI mark. Um, pitching stats, though, he started to really air it out the last couple months. So that trend of batting batting going downhill and pitching going uphill started in August and September. Uh, he started to really pitch well, but bat worse. So good, good eye on you. And I think that might continue. And I, cause he really does have to carry that, that angel staff and they actually need his pitching more than they need his bat. So they may lean on him to pitch more and he may feel that um, they should have a healthy trout and a healthy Rendon. So his bat, he can like maybe not be the guy so much, but he does need to be that ace. Now they brought in Syndergaard, um, but he's like coming off of Tommy John. So yeah. he's, not, he's not the ace. Um, Shohei's going to be that ace. And I think he's going to focus more on pitching and try to go more innings and maybe, you know, the bat suffer. So I, I think that's a really astute uh, prediction by you. It's not a, I don't think it's a bold one. I think it's a, a, a possible accurate one and good call by you. And let's do an et cetera. Which is any other sport that isn't football, hockey, or baseball. Um, okay. I need time to think of one. So if you have one, then right. do it. So, that, like, yeah, grab bag here. Um, yeah, anything. Another bold 2022 prediction. You can't say Kyle Larson will repeat his champion either. Kyle Larson, will, will, Kyle Larson will race an IndyCar now. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Let me think. Okay. Um, 2022 so we have maybe i don't don't really talk about nba um i will go i will say one that i hope happens and would love uh jeff capel gets fired and sean miller gets hired oh my god capel out miller in a pit (laughs) it's been called for for like a decade now every time sean miller gets talked about before the arizona hire and then oh is arizona gonna fire him would he come to pit in between Dixon and Stallings? He was like having, you know, Arizona might fire him. Then, oh, okay, we'll snatch him up then. The, 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 the planets are aligning now where Arizona fired him. He's taking a year off. Capel's just as bad as Stallings. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's looking bleak for Capel and company. A guy that I wanted to, I, I rooted for and thought he would turn it around. Um, you know, Duke assistant, everything, Krzyzewski pedigree, uh, coaching tree or whatnot. But um, Sean Miller, uh, if he can now, the caveat to this is, does the NCAA clear Miller of any, you know, tampering, yeah. tampering and pay, you know, bribery scandal stuff? And does Heather like want to deal with some of that? Or does she take that, you know, take that approach of, hey, everybody deserves a second chance. He's a local guy, a pit legend. He, we're giving him his second chance here at the, you know, at the Division One level, um, Power Five coaching job at his alma mater, in his hometown, you know, area. Uh, hometown's actually Elwood City, in, 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 in Western PA to go to his alma mater and, and get his second chance and get our second chance because we've kind of. 
you know, lot, drop the ball with Stallings and Capel. Um, this is this is Sean Miller's second chance and Pitt basketball second chance to to make it to to make a name for themselves. So that's all. I'm I'm such a homer. I'm you know all these <laughs> all these bold takes are stuff I want to happen for for <laughs> us, but that's mine. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta figure this son out. There's a couple that are bouncing in my mind. First off, I want to go pro wrestling. Not that I go there. I don't know if you know this guy. His name is Omos. He was. AJ Styles brought him in as this big, like seven foot four, like big bodyguard, but he just turned on AJ Styles. And Vince is said to really like him. So I'm going to say that Omos will be WWE champion when we come back here one year later. Omos as champion. Yeah, because Vince loves him. I was going to say a fun pit football one. I was going to say pit. I was gonna say Pitt re- Pitt repeats as coastal champs. Oh, Pitt repeats as coastal champs. There hasn't been a repeat coast. There we'll hasn't been a repeat coastal champ in, in in the in the existence of that division. So I'm not gonna say they win it all again because Clemson's probably gonna. Um, Clemson is probably gonna. Uh, come back to form and win the get back get back in the ball game. Yeah, um. I, I I would say another one would be Pitt w- w- uh, under Keaton Slovis um, repeats as coastal champs and keeps the program rolling and gets us you know nine or ten we'll wins. Give you, we'll give you a credit that happens. Okay. Um, and other than that, I'm gonna say that uh, I can't think of anything else I'm gonna say. I, I was I was twittering the fact that maybe I say Tiger Woods plays in a major. That was when I was tossing around. The Tiger plays in a major. Probably end of the year, more like the end of the summer. Tiger probably plays in a major. That's up on that one. And then maybe a motorsports one. I'm going to go with uh, Tony Stewart made his own drag racing team in the NHRI. They win at least one event. And those are probably, those are kind of ones I'm, I'm, I'm hopping around. I'm going to say, but I will say... The, the Sean Miller one's funny. I, I love that one. I love, <laughs> I'm going to say... Uh, yeah, I'm going to... My other one will be with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods will will be... Will, will participate. He will make the cut and play in one major this year. I hope so. He, he was back for that championship with his son. One major great, for Tiger. For Tiger that Woods. great Pete. The, the PNC championship where fathers and sons or fathers and daughters or grandparents can play. It's the, <laughs> the dailies one. He, I love the, the dailies, the one. dailies one, uh, 10 months after the, the, the car accident where he has like basically a metal leg, like metal, metal plates in his whole leg. Tiger was able to play a competitive golf tournament and they finished second. He was obviously limping and not his whole self. Um, but yeah, that would be a bold prediction to hit for him to actually at the highest level, get back into a PGA tour event, let alone a major, um, give it a little bit more time and rest and, and we'll see, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this is going to be like an like end of the summer. Like, like it'll be, it won't be like early. It'll be the back end. <laughs> so no, that, that about wraps this up. Um, fun, fun little segment there, Bronson. That was, that was a brainchild of Bronson there to tie a bow on 2021 and, and look forward to 2022. We'll be, we'll be covering it all. Uh, the next level nerd sports podcast is, uh, is, is looking forward to going to, into another, another season in 2022. Um, we'll be, we'll be here with episodes every week or two. We've been keeping a pretty good pace, um, in, into the next year. So, 
Um, it's going to be going into year three for us, if you can believe it. So super excited and, and, and happy to have you along for the ride. Um, thanks. Thanks to everybody that, that joined us in 2021 and listened to, you know, I think we had a couple dozen episodes this year and the, the ratings have been going up. I check it every, you know, every so often we get, uh, you know, ton, tons of listeners joining us. I can check the the statistics we're up over that 1200 stream mark now and just keep keep telling friends about us keep sharing and liking our our, our posts on facebook when we post the episode and you know 2022 is going to bring some a lot of other things for us too um they never show up be... frank the people love us <laughs> bronze's trump impression but no we're we'll try some different things with the live cast again where we'll go on Facebook and we'll we'll talk live, you know, during a live game. Maybe we'll do it during an NFL playoff game or the Super Bowl or, you know, something like that or some hockey. At the very game least, the, the draft. I definitely want to do the draft. Now, we'll we, now live, that I know we can do it, let's do the draft. We'll do, the the live, draft. do a live draft. Maybe we'll do, you know, some when baseball gets going. But we'll maybe we'll try to get a YouTube channel going because that's a fun way to archive uh, our old episodes. And, and and track view counts because YouTube tracks your views and a good way to for maybe for for us to get noticed because YouTube is one of the top you know platforms out there. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts. So um, there's no excuse you can't say you don't have an app that can find us. Um, so so go out there. Uh, thanks to all the loyal listeners. Um, we hope we get some new ones. Um, I thank my wife, Katie, as Bronson calls her, Mrs. Frank, uh, for, for putting the show together. You know, she takes the audio file, cuts up, cuts up all the transitions, puts the, the our theme song in there, fixes any errors, uh, puts in the timestamps. So I call her kind of the quasi producer of the show. So she's a big part of it too. And just uh, Justin and Nico, of course, we always thank them. They kind of started Next Level Nerd and, you know, they do their movie podcast. They've done a lot with the, the comic books. They have the website, the Facebook page, and that's hey, that's our question our, before our, we leave. Did, did you yeah. see the new Spider-Man yet? I did not. No, I, I, I'm, I haven't it. been. So, yeah, that's, I that's, know, that I, was the... And not to go off the rails here, but just mention one thing. I saw the trailer, and I never played the games, but you told me in a previous episode or, or off air that you were looking forward to it. I saw the trailer for the uh, Uncharted movie. Yes, I, big, I've never played play, the games, but I I am oh, I miss the movie. I, I like go out. Well, see, Uncharted is PlayStation only, so you have an Xbox. Um, yeah. I was gonna say go out and get the. They have a multi pack where you can get like Uncharted one, two, and three in like one disc. Um, but uh, great video games, a lot like National Treasure um, meets Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. it's kind of what, what it is. And, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg's in it as, as Sully who, uh, and, and Nate Drake is played by the Spider-Man actor, uh, Tom, yeah, Holland. Tom Holland. Um, yeah. So not the casting that I would love. It's, it's a prequel to the video games. So Holland plays a young Nate Drake, you know, the, the, the protagonist, Nate Drake, the, the main character, um, in the video games is, is, is around you, our age, like a mid thirties. Um, yeah. So the movie is a prequel to the video game, so it's kind of gonna it's gonna be cool to see because I know the storylines in the video game is gonna see how kind of Nate Drake got his start by his mentor Sully, uh, who's gonna be played by Mark Wahlberg. Um, but yeah, um, excited for that one to come out. But and also, no, it's, uh, and also this week I I might I might drop into a movie theater this week and watch the 
the uh, the American Underdog, the, movie, the Kurt Warner movie. That's one I do want to see, and so does my wife. Katie's a big Kurt Warner fan. Um, he's a he's a a a, a great uh, voice out there in the Christian community. Um, this movie's produced by um, you know kind of a low budget uh, Christian studio, so we wanted to support that. And um, but no, yeah, that's that that looks like a great one. Uh, to see the the kind of the meteoric rise of Kurt Warner from from s- grocery store clerk to um, Super Bowl and N- NFL MVP in a matter of like a year, um, and now you know his great career as a broadcaster, um, NFL yeah, Hall so, of Famer, Hall of Fame, all the way to the Hall of Fame. That's right. So from practice squad, I watched. I actually watched the other day parts of his uh, a football life. Yeah, that's uh, a great one. So that was a, kind of a good tie into that movie, but. Yeah, 2021 is going to be in the rearview mirror, and we're excited for the NLN Sports Podcast in 2022. So we'll be we'll be uh, back with you within a, another week or two, hopefully, and and starting off that year fresh with college bowl games to recap. Hopefully, the resumption of the NHL season, NFL playoffs will be getting underway. So it's, I mean, there's no. We'll take this little bit of a time maybe in the next two weeks to recharge our batteries because, Bronson, there's just going to be a ton of stuff going on. Yeah, we'll spring, ha- winter, end of winter into spring is always a huge, huge time yeah, for sports. Yeah, we're going to have champions being crowned. We're going to have uh, you know NHL getting close to the playoffs. NFL. Knock on wood, a college basketball tournament. Yeah, March Madness will be close. Spring training, uh, you know, the Dalai Lama will be I'll – be, I'll be chomping at the bit. Dialed in, brother. You're going to be dialed in. My, my, uh, some of my, what is it? My four favorite words are pitchers and catchers report. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. Stay tuned, guys. We're going to keep it coming. I'll let Bronson close us out. And uh, thanks to everybody. Yeah. And Frank already said the thanks. So I'm not going to ramble on and rethink everyone. They've already been mentioned, but stay tuned. We're going to have a few more things also coming down the pike. Um, uh, we're going to have more of a YouTube and maybe uh, internet written presence. And those are kind of more on my shoulders. So that's my fault why they haven't, they haven't come to fruition just yet, but I am working on it and uh, I promise it will be here sooner maybe before a, you maybe know. Maybe a blog or something like that. Yeah. A lot of stuff yeah. that maybe doesn't make the show or there's always times where I, I, I want to rant on something and I don't, I forget to write it down. And then I realize after we recorded that I should have said it. So maybe the blog will kind of uh, cut those things a little bit short too. And maybe I mean, if we do a blog or internet thing, maybe we get, more of a social media presence to get you the listener or the, or the, you know, the viewer in on it. So, um, no, we want to feature you guys in it as well. Like one of the cool things I liked about doing the live thing with the Steeler game was that people could comment and do things and, and ask us questions. And maybe we can do that too. If you want to ask us questions, you know, um, uh, you know, you know, next level nerd sportscast or NLN sportscast. I forget our email is. I'll post it on social media. We can do maybe have like a mailbag or something. Frank, we can have people send us questions and and we can answer and things like that. So, um, that's one thing I loved about doing the live game thing was that people were asking us questions. I know uh, uh, Merce had some very thought provoking questions, and he's a smart, right. smart human being and one of my favorite people to talk sports with yep. when we were in high school. So. Um, he's he's a guy I love talking sports with, and Clarky and all those other guys, and and so many more people. So, you know, any any of their contributions to the show would be greatly appreciated and and, and welcomed for sure. So, now that's it. Um, uh, thank you again for 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 listening or however you consume us, and I promise bigger and better things down the road for 2022. And so for the last NLN Sports uh, Cast of the year, um. Do I do the the uh, the cheesy see you next year? 
<laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. So you just did. So, it. <laughs> I just did it. So, and I think we'll. I think for Frank said tonight we're gonna call this the season finale, as we will kick the next season with the new episode in 2022. So until then, for Frank Conti, for his wife Katie, who produces the show, and for everyone at Next Level Nerd, I am Bronson Allman. Uh, we've, I think we've officially retired the Kenny Omega saying, yes. and I like our new saying. It's just very quick and to the point. And hopefully Dax Harwood and Cash really don't sue us because <laughs> it's their trademark thing. But I love them. They're one of my favorite tag teams. So until next time, I'll see you in 2022 for Frank Conta. I'm Bronson Allman. Top guys, guys out. out. Hockey, throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.